the blast from our past network. Hey everyone, co-host Corey here. I just wanted to take a quick second and say thank you to all of our Patreon supporters. Without you, podcasting after dark would not be possible. If you would like to help the show grow, please consider signing up at patreon.com slash podcasting after dark. You can also support the show by purchasing one of our awesome t-shirt designs on our merch store at podcastingafterdark.com or by picking up a copy of Seven Winters Alone by David Irons on paperback, hardback, or Kindle. Just search for Seven Winters Alone on Amazon or click on the link in the show notes. A free way to help out is to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Those reviews are huge for us and really helps get the show in front of new listeners. Again, thank you all so much for the love and support you've given us over these past few years. It really means the world to us. Lock your doors, close your windows, turn out your lights, for chills and thrills await you. It's time for Podcasting After Dark with your hosts, Corey Stevenson and Zach Schaefer. Stay with a friend, say your prayers as grisly ghouls close in to seal your doom. Tonight's episode, The Convent, starring Joanna Canton, Liam Kyle Sullivan, and Adrian Barbeau. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another exciting episode of Podcasting After Dark. I am one half of the Pad Proper team, Corey, a.k.a. Sleazy C. Joined with me, as always, is my brother from another mother, Zach, the total snackage Schaefer. And this week, we have another Patreon-picked movie. Whoa. Thank you, Rob, so much for picking The Convent. 2000 is when this came out. And uh, real quick... Hope you're doing okay, buddy. We know you're going through a bit of a rough patch right now, and we're just we're sending out some love to you, my man. Yes, yes. We hope this puts a smile on your face, Rob. That's right. And as you all know, this month is a full month of Patreon picks. Uh, Aaron picked Out of the Dark for us, and uh, Rob picked The Convent, uh, year 2000. And uh, what do they have in common, Zach, besides... Um, uh, you know, both being Patreon picks. What do they have in common? Dare I say they are vastly better than the way they're presented uh, on paper and uh, on cover art. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> both DVD movies, too, by the way. Both of these are not available on Blu-ray. Dare I say both of them should be available on Blu-ray. Yeah, I I wish this one was. Uh, the it, it had subtitles, so thank goodness for that. Uh, or should I say, thank Satan for that. And uh, but the quality. Oh yes, thanks Satan. <laughs> thanks Ooh. Satan. <laughs> fucking fucking love Saul. I think Saul's fantastic. Um, but yeah, dude, uh, this was the DVD. Um, and I'll just kick it off. My first time ever experiencing this film. I recognized the cover. Uh, I was, I think I was still working at the video store when it came out. Um, I don't know if we ever got it, but man, it just, it, that cover, it's so generic. It looks like so many other movies of that ilk. And I, I don't know if that holds it back or not or whatever. I just always wonder, like, you know, you spend thousands of dollars on your movie. I don't think they spent millions because this is a low-budget film. You spend yeah. thousands of dollars on your movie. How do you not, like, I don't know, spend a couple grand 
on getting like an awesome, you know, movie poster made. Like that would be literally the first thing I did. Uh, but sadly, this falls into the category of all those DVD covers you saw back in the day. Thankfully, it is so much better than the DVD cover has, you know, lets you on at all. It's also, just like Out of the Dark, has is so much better than the script has any right for it to be. Uh, this movie feels like a labor of love, and it feels like it's deftly handled by a, a an up-and-coming master of their craft. I think uh, the director handles a lot of moving parts in this movie, and, he think I, and I think he handles them very, very well. Um, Zach, what's your experience with the convent? Because I know you have a bit more of a backstory with it than I do. I sure do, actually. I sure do. <laughs> um, yeah, really quick. The budget on this thing was a million dollars, so okay. it, it 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 was it cost a million dollars. I saw this at Fangoria uh, Fango convention back in 2000 the cast was there i believe adrian barbeau might have been there to promote it um the director was definitely there and some of the stars as well and i remember when i saw it way back then i thought it was great i loved it i thought it was a lot of fun wild wacky definitely has those late 90s vibes to it with the soundtrack and the overall look Mm -hmm. And I think I bought the DVD at the Fangoria convention. They might have been selling it there at the time. Uh, I'm, I'm fairly certain I did. So I've had it, well, well over 20 years now, which is crazy. So when Rob chose this one, I was like, oh, boy, <laughs> this is a good one to pick because I hadn't watched it in forever. Um, I remember it, people loving it way back then because of the gore. Uh, level of gore and just because it was such a low budge movie what they were able to pull off with what little they did have was really impressive yeah and the fact that it's got some stars in it that well one of them turned out to be a huge internet star Uh, we'll get to him in a minute but which blew me away because i didn't know that at the time and i'm watching it now i'm like wait is that who i think that holy shit that's the guy so, yeah, I've seen this movie at least twice before, and I'm so glad we could go down memory lane again. I feel like Rob, in many ways, and I'm sure he will agree to this, like he shares the same taste we do. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think in many ways he's like, oh, wait, Zach knows what I'm talking about. Zach knows what I'm talking about. Well, yes, Rob, I know what you're talking about. This is a good movie. It's fun. That's right, man. It it is T to B. It's it's a lot of fun. Um, if you've never seen it before, uh, like Out of the Dark, I think Zach and will probably back me up on this. Uh, I think that you should stop now or stop when you get to the trailer and go track this down and watch it. I believe it's on Tubi. I think I oh, saw cool. somebody post something about it. I think it's on Tubi. Um, go check it out. It probably is on Amazon at least. You could probably rent it or something, but. I, I would love for everyone to see this before we do our breakdown because this is a comedy. This is a comedy horror. This is not horror comedy. This is comedy horror. So there's going to be a lot of dialogue in this movie. It's only about an hour and 11 minutes long, but I, yet I still have a bunch of pages here because like most comedies, it's all dialogue heavy, and it's so it's so much fun, and I know that I'm not going to do it justice. And so I hope everyone goes out and checks it out. It's funny. 
The effects are cool. I love the 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 black light veins in their faces and their neon green eyes. And uh, apparently they only had one pair of contacts, so they had to share them with everybody. And I think that's not yeah. very sanitary, but okay. Nope. <laughs> but uh, also a connection to uh, Out of the Dark is that Zach and I don't have a lot of uh, information on the, the backstory of this. Um, the DVD had about an eight-minute behind-the-scenes. Um, kind of, you know, they talk to the director and the writer and everything. It feels like a, a small group, low-budget film, bunch of friends working together. Um, probably isn't much of a backstory to it, you know? It just sort of is what it is. And what it is is a whole lot of fun. Yeah, don't listen to this before you go... Before you watch the movie, watch the movie first. Don't be spoiled because there's some fun moments where you're like, oh, man, that would have been nice to see this fresh. Uh, And then listen to us after that, because this is it's very much in the vein of like Evil Dead 2, uh, Army of Darkness esque, you know, Dead Alive kind of stuff, shit like that. Night of the Demons. It it all sort of definitely Night of the Demons. It, It was uh, huge influence on this movie. Yeah, yeah. I I've been telling everybody uh, who, who doesn't know about. It, I'm like it's it's Night of the Demons meets Evil Dead, and it's 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 as good as you think that is. You know. Yeah, it's and it also really um, shows what you can do with very little, and eff- effectively. You know, and you don't need a shit ton of special effects, or you know, you just kind of trickery of the camera mm-hmm. and to make it look effective. Speed up the camera to make things look a certain way. Slow it down. You know, uh, very simple stuff, and it's effective. Yep, a lot, lot of, lot of visual gags in this that I haven't seen since the late 90, 90s, early two thousands. But you know what? It still works, man. So like the head shaking shit, all sped up and everything. It still kind of works, you know. It still works. It works because it gets a, it, this movie gets a pass on everything, in my opinion, because it's such a just a indie little gem of a movie. Yeah. So you wanna you wanna give some love to uh, the director, Mike Mendez. Mike Mendez is a horror guy. He loves horror. Uh, he directed Tales of Halloween, which uh, I think I never saw that, but I know it got a lot of. Uh, you know, good coverage when it came out mm-hmm. a few years back. Um, he also directed Big Ass Spider. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he, he's but he's a genre guy. So he, his love is with this these types of movies. Um, and God bless the guy. Yeah. He was a kid when he made this. I think he was like, I don't know, 24, 25, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. No, good, great for him. He's a native of Los Angeles. Um, yeah, he, he's, he definitely loves his genre. He also directed Lava Lantula, which I guess is a tarantula made out of lava. It's, it's a lot of these movies that, you know, uh, Jesus, like, like, you know, they're sort of like, like Sharknado, like stuff the Asylum puts out and stuff like that. But, you know, he's making them too. And, uh, now that I've seen this, I mean, before seeing this, I would never have cared to see Lava Lantula or Big Ass Spider. But now that I've seen this, I'm like, you know what? I can give those a shot. Yeah, I'm sure they're mo- way more heavy on the CGI nowadays, but uh, whatever. It's all good. I, I, his his uh, his writer, uh, Chanton Anderson, who's also in the movie, uh, she, she does more acting than she does writing. Uh, and she's done a few movies with Mike Mendez, like Don't Kill It and Satanic Hispanics and uh, Big Ass Spider. Yeah. So she in the in the movie though she plays. Um, Safira. Safira. Safira, one of the 
uh, minions of Saul. Yeah, I uh, <laughs> minions of Saul. Yeah, I started referring to them as uh, the Thirteenth Coven sometimes, or you yes. know, it, it's it's yeah, it's funny. Yeah, she's she plays Safira, um, and you know what? If, I guess the only thing I can really say from the behind the scenes, the eight minute behind the scenes, is this is very much inspired by I, I think Mike Mendez and Chayton Anderson uh, met each other at like in Catholic school. And so they have sort of this, I, th- I think, a love-hate relationship with Christianity, like most people who went to Catholic school do. Um, but yep. apparently, a lot of this was mined from her experience one night of breaking into an abandoned con- uh, convent with her with her friends, and actually, like, glass fall fell on them. They got cut. They had to go to the emergency room. But uh, I think oh, a lot shit. of this was inspired by that real life uh, event uh, for her. Well, that tracks. Okay. Well. Uh... Good for her for writing, making a movie out of it. Hey, you know what they say? Uh, for trauma. I mean, you know what they say? Write what you know, right? Exactly. <laughs> uh, let's get into the cast. Uh, the the lead actor, her name's Joanna Canton. She plays Clarissa. She's been in a bunch of bunch of things from television, mostly TV. Masters of Sex, The Mentalist, that '70s show. Uh, you know, stuff like that. Like, and and she's NCIS. Um, she's been working. She's been working pretty steadily. Yeah, exactly. She's a working actress. Yeah, and so it's funny on IMDb they they spell her name Clarissa with an O, and then the subtitles spelled her spelled her Clarissa with an A. Yeah, I what I noticed about um her uh, the script. I think the subtitles are going off of the script of the movie yeah. because they had to change certain things. There's one particular line, yeah, food wise. Yeah, I noticed that too. Yes. We'll, we'll call that food line out that they had to change in ADR, but they did not change in the subtitles. We'll call that out when it comes to it because I have that noted. Yeah, we'll get there. Uh, Richard Trapp plays Frijole. My favorite actor in the movie. My or my or I don't know if he's my favorite character because he's so terrible, but I fucking loved him every time he was on screen. Yeah, I call him the, uh, the poor man's Vince Vaughn. Or yeah. at this stage, the better Vince Vaughn. I mean, dude, he's kind of crushing it in this movie. He totally crushes it. He's great. He's actually, yeah, I agree. I think he's the best, one of the best parts of the movie. Um, he, but he's been in a bunch of things, Cradle to the Grave, Prison Break, and apparently a movie called Midgets versus Mascots. So there you go. <laughs> there you go. Um, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Dax Miller plays Chad, and the guy doesn't have a uh, photo. So that should tell you everything uh, you need to know. Yeah, so, you know, I, I kind of feel like moving forward with the ones that don't have photos, like, you don't give them a whole lot of love. Cause... <laughs> well, I mean, looking at his five or six credits that he has, this is the only movie I know, so we'll just uh, move on. How about that? Yes. We'll go to... Uh, Renee Graham, who plays Caitlin, um, I mean everybody I think does a really good job in this, but yeah. she's in a, she's been she's another working actor. She's been in stuff like Thank You for Not Smoking, no, Thank You for Smoking, which is a oh, great sorry. movie. Yes, Thank You for Smoking, Thank You, Thank You, Thank, thank You, you. Ah, <laughs> Acapulco Heat, Conan the Barbarian, the television series, and Sunset Beach. Ooh, not working too much more, I would say. Yeah, um, probably the second biggest name in this now playing Brandt is Liam Kyle Sullivan. And if you don't know who Liam Kyle Sullivan is, just simply go on YouTube and type in his name 
and you will get a plethora of comedy gold. Um, he plays a character, talk, uh, he plays a woman on this YouTube short called Shoes, where she's like, give me those shoes. I want that top. It's <laughs> fucking hilarious. He does a whole bit on someone leaving love letters to carbs. Uh, Dear carbs, you're making me fat, but I cannot resist you. Mm. <laughs> Why does broccoli look like a cartoon fart? Stuff like that. Liam Sullivan, look up his stuff. Go watch his comedy. It's gold. When I noticed him in this, this time around, I was like, oh, shit. I didn't realize that that's who that became because he's a huge sensation. Yeah. It's just absolutely funny. No, that he, and he's fantastic in this too, dude. And another, another actor, another character that could have just been whatever, but he brings a lot of humor and, and life to the character of Brant. Oh man. At the end when, when they're kind of him and Dickie boy are tied up. It's, it's so fucking good, man. So good. So good. He's got some great lines in it. Um, Megan Perry, who sadly doesn't have an IMDb photo. And I'm like, come on, you should be, she did a movie in 2016. I don't know why she doesn't have a IMDb photo. She's great. She plays Mo. Um, we'll get to like what her character becomes, but dare I say she's one of the highlights of the movie too. Yeah, dude. I, I uh, loved her was, in this man. I did too. And I was looking at her filmography and she did a movie in 2010 called the perfect host with David Hyde Pierce. Okay. This movie looks really good, actually. Like, David Hyde Pierce looks like a psychopath. Uh, this, like, on-the-run convict stumbles upon the house, kind of gets trapped with David Hyde Pierce, who's a psychopath maniac. It looks really good. I, I, I want to go watch it now. And it looks like she she does uh, some producing now, uh, like behind the scenes stuff. Uh, looks like she's been she's been producing a few things. Um, so may, maybe, you know, they're still going to come out or something like that. So, yeah, but I think she was fantastic in this. I loved Mo. I actually wanted to see more of her. And, you know, comparing this, you want to see Mo of Mo. <laughs> there you go. And, uh, you know, you can't help but compare her character to like what Amelia Kincaid in uh, Night of the Demons. And dare I say, I think Mo had a bit more screen presence uh, than Amelia does. Now, that's not to say I, I dislike Night of the Demons, um, but I, I just think that Mo, uh, Megan Perry brought more. I don't know. She had a little bit more of something, something spicy, you know, a little bit of that, that spice uh, added in, you know, that X factor, if you will, that I really enjoyed. Yeah, I I actually was bummed to to see what happened to her character. Yeah. But you'll find out what that what happens to her character. And, and also shout out. Uh, apparently, she uh, was born in, in Virginia Beach. So a fellow a fellow Virginian like me. Yeah, nice. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> um, <laughs> whoop, whoop. There it is. Uh, Jimmy Golden plays Biff. Probably and... the worst uh, actor in the whole thing. Although I don't really know if he's. If it's parody or if he's just bad, you know? I don't know. Him and Dax or him and Biff and Chad are pretty one note. They are. They they kind of are. I want to say it's on purpose, you know? I'm going to say it's on purpose, but maybe it wasn't. <laughs> um, Adrian Barbeau. Adrian, the legend Barbeau, plays Christine. There's two Christines in this, a young one and an, and an adult one. She plays the adult one. Um, with a low-budget movie, Bare Bones, when she comes on the screen, she kills it. She crushes it. She shows why she is 
one of the best at what she does. And if you want to hear us talk a lot more about Adrienne Barbeau, then go yep. check out uh, the, the Carpenter Factor on our Patreon page. That's patreon.com slash podcasting after dark. And obviously we've talked about her from everything from the fog to escape from New York and, and so on and so forth. Yeah. Yeah. Just look good. Sign up for our Patreon as as Rob knows. It's totally worth it. Totes, Aaron totes. knows totally worth it. Everybody that's signed up recently, because we've had a bunch of people sign up, Cam Sully for one, you got y'all know you get your money's worth on our Patreon. We're not just throwing out no offense to anybody else, but we're not just throwing out unedited unedited episodes or oh, listen to our outtakes. Yeah. No. That's <laughs> sure. Okay. Great. Most you of want- our outtakes are burps and farts. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. You all don't want to know what's on the cutting room floor. <laughs> just know that you're not just supporting the show. You're getting great content for supporting the show. So there you go. Uh, Kelly Mantle. Yeah. Kelly Mantle uh, kind of made some history as being uh, recently as being uh, Oscar's first uh, openly non-binary person to ever be considered by the Academy for both a supporting actor and a supporting actress in their role in feature film. And this was for... Um, confessions of a womanizer oh cool yeah he plays uh or they plays dicky boy and they fantastically play dicky boy yeah they rules mm-hmm. and i also want to call out really quick that kelly mantle was on ego heart which was a show that we discussed on TV Obscura last week um, as, as sort of like we wouldn't have gotten shows like Eagle Heart without all the shows that we discussed on, on TV Obscura. So go listen to that episode of TV Obscura with a young young guy, Christian, uh, no. <laughs> Sledgehammer, and Heat, Heat Vision and Jack. We talk about uh, uh, all the sort of the trajectory of, of parody shows and everything. Yeah, just... Go back and listen to that again if you already did because it's so good. Um, you know who's great and and he doesn't done a whole lot is David Gunn who plays Saul. Dude, it's a shame because this guy hasn't really done a whole lot. Dude, Saul, aka David Gunn, he is fan fucking tastic in this. Uh, I'd say he comes close to stealing the show. If I didn't love uh, Richard Trapp as for Holy so damn much, and if, you know, if Liam Sullivan wasn't so goddamn f- fantastic or Mo, you know, I, I he would, Saul would have so taken the entire show, but he's just another fantastic actor turning in a fantastic performance in a fantastically low-budget film. Agreed. Agreed. And just to round out the general cast of the people that you see most often in this movie, um, Allison Dunbar, who plays Davina, I think that's the one who's like the second, the other half of the thirteen. Um, the thirteenth coven. The thirteenth coven. Yeah, she she's actually been in a bunch of stuff, uh, a lot of television. Again, a lot of television. She's a working actor. She's she's working currently uh, on a. On a show called For All Man. Oh, she's on For All Mankind. Oh, very good. Um, on Apple TV. So there you go. She was on The Sopranos for a little bit too. So yeah, she's uh, she's she's working strong. There's a you know there's other like small bit roles in this. We're not gonna get to that because you know it is what it is. And there is a two there is a cameo with two amazing <laughs> people in it. Oh, it is really? There is. <laughs> we're going to uh, we're going to call them out 
when they happen because it wasn't ruined for me. So when I saw it the first time, I was like, oh, my God. So we'll call out that cameo when when we get to it. I believe one of the people who was in that cameo was at the Fangoria convention, I believe. That uh, that doesn't surprise me. And it was also kind of a couple years before he got real big, thanks to uh, Rob Zombie. So it's kind of interesting that uh, on on the DVD, they don't even mention his name as a big deal. But if you talked. All right. You know what, guys and gals, going to call one of the two. We're going to save the other one for the surprise. Look at look at you blowing your load. <laughs> Bill Mosley. Bill Mosley has a little bit of a cameo. We'll call it out when it happens. Uh, and he has a partner that we'll call out that person's name when we get there. But I, I just wanted to note that, you know, House of Thousand Corpses came out in 2003, three years after this. So when they're on the behind the scenes stuff, the director's like, oh, man, we got, you know, Mike Mendes is like, oh, my God, we got Adrian Barbeau. We got the other person that, that we're going to mention later. And he doesn't even fucking mention Bill Mosley. And I think, I guarantee you, if this was post-2003, he would be the one that everyone would be so excited for. He'd be mentioned first. Yeah, he would. He really, really would. And I and that just kind of just illustrates, man, like sometimes it just takes takes a while. And then, all you know, you as a working actor, you just you're, you're moving along. And then all of a sudden you don't know when that that one director is going to put you in something that like literally explodes and takes you to a different stratosphere. And that's what happened to Bill Mosley. That's what my wife says about my career. <laughs> Buddy, you were already on a different stratosphere, baby. You're with me. Oh, You're baby. me and Dustin. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right, baby. But uh, I don't really have anybody else to call out. Um, there were 10 producers on this film, but I think those are probably all just friends and, you know, getting EP credits and, you know, people helping out and, and just getting EP and producer credits and line producer and stuff like that, you know? Kickstarter before Kickstarter. Pretty much. I mean, honestly, it was. Having your friends help you out pretty much was just Kickstarter before uh, before Kickstarter. So um, is it time to get into the convent? Let's go to the convent and, and do something sacrilegious. <laughs> I feel like we do something sacrilegious every night, baby. Oh, yeah, we do. This must be where it all happened. It's a scandal that closed this place down. Last surgery ever performed here. Get the hell out of here! Do what he says! Every five years or so, you stupid kids think it'd be great fun to break into the convent to see where it all happened. Then, when all hell breaks loose, you come looking for the chick who started it. Not this time.
All right, guys and gals, the movie starts uh, Alpine Entertainment. Uh, this is an imprint I've never seen before. Yep, news new to me. <laughs> new to me. But it was uh, looks like it was distributed by Lionsgate. So uh, you know, back when they were still getting a foothold on everything, now they're you know they're large and in charge with their John Wicks and everything. But well, back- Lionsgate was an offshoot of Trimark, which was a offshoot of Vidmark, mm-hmm. which was an offshoot of the Mark. Never mind. <laughs> You're like, it's as far as the joke can go. <laughs> uh, so we see uh, the convent in purple letters over black background. The movie starts in 1960. We see a young lady get out of a car in front of the St. Francis boarding school while You Don't Own Me by Leslie Gore plays over the scene. Uh, there's some good music in this. Do you think that is this song old enough that it was public domain or did they have to pay for it? Do you think? No, I think it was public domain. Okay. And and I'm watching this intro and I'm like, oh, it's like Tarantino inspired. And also, for some reason, Shades of Night of the Creep. I'm drinking mushroom kombucha. Bear with me. Um, the, the, the Shades of Night of the Creeps kind of reminded me a little bit in this intro as well. I don't know why. Well, it's probably the car because, you know, it takes place in the 60s. And then it go, and then after this intro, it's it goes to a sorority. So, yeah, I, I see where you're coming from. I can see some Night of the Creeps influences here. I can also see some Reservoir Dogs uh, influences here. I'm fucking dying, man. You know, so there's some there's yeah, some, there's yeah. some references here. Yeah, for sure. And then I was like, oh, the, with the with the church and the killing and the da 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 da, it's like Kill Bill. Yeah, I, I yep, I agree with that. I do agree with that. Uh, she walks up to the school wearing sunglasses and a leather jacket while holding a gas can and a large bag with a bat sticking out of it. She's smoking a cigarette. By the way, this is young Christine. Not to be confused with the Julia Louis Dreyfus show, New Adventures of Old Christine. And not to be confused with Young Guy Christian. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Which you can listen to right now. Inside, we see a normal looking mass with a normal looking priest and nuns. That's important to note for later, by the way. The young lady walks past some boarding school girls, then takes a big swig of her whiskey bottle while the cigarette is still in her mouth, just like Kramer from Seinfeld. Here's to feeling good all the time. <laughs> she walks into the church, puts the bag and gas can down, grabs the baseball bat, and starts beating the shit out of the nuns and the priest. After she kicks them all down, she douses the church in gasoline and lights it on fire. The young lady then takes out her shotgun and starts gunning all the nuns and priests down. What a great way to start the movie. Good good squibs, by the way, uh, uh, on the priest when he gets fucking blasted by the shotgun. Very good squibs, and yeah, if this movie was more popular, it would be controversial. But because it's low budge and no one knew about it, it didn't move the needle. But yeah, I mean, it's an attention grabber for sure. I'm not a religious person. I don't hate on religion, sort of. But, uh, you know, and I'm I'm just, like, not into it. So when I see stuff like this, I'm like, oh, shit, I'm sure someone's getting upset about this. Not me. No. Not me. <laughs> not me either, no, guys and never, gals. Never. 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 No, never. <laughs> yeah, you, between you and Adam, my, uh, my Cartwright co-host, he's much more aggressively anti-religion than you are. 
Adam from Cartwright aggressive? No. <laughs> no. That guy never gets fired up about anything. <laughs> never. <laughs> you should check out all of Adam's podcasts, especially the one he does with his bro, because it's it's fucking entertaining. It, it really is. But the and then bl- go listen to his uh, how he felt about Ghostbusters. <laughs> yeah, on our Swapcast. <laughs> oh, God. Anyways, no, we love you, Adam. I love you, dude. I'm just busting your balls. Of course, of course. <laughs> Adam's like not listening to this, but whatever. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> not at all. Uh, the the... The you don't own me fades out, and we see a sorority house in Texas. Sorority. Sorry, that's what you know. What that's like one of those words, like Marlboro man. I actually got that one right. Marlboro. 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 <laughs> sorority. Sorority. <laughs> uh, we see a text that reads: Forty years later, I'm not even drunk, by the way, not even remotely. I'm I'm drunk on kombucha. That's not a joke. <laughs> I know. I can tell. Uh, we see Clarissa walk out the front door holding a Trader Joe's bag of groceries, which they... And that's, wow, throwback. Right? From from late 90s, early 2000s Trader Joe's bag, dude. And I wasn't even, uh, I wasn't living in LA, and I don't even know if there was a Trader Joe's in Maryland when I was uh, in the year 2000. I think it started in the Bay Area. Okay. Pat Saint, th- this is Pat St. John's at Trader Joe's. And they would do their own, uh, you know, this week at Trader Joe's and like give you all the specials. Was that like an Pat St. John? Was that like a radio ad or something? Yeah, I think Pat St. John was. I don't know if she was the owner, but she was like the spokesperson for Trader Joe's. Interesting. You know they have their own podcast. Really? Yeah. What do they talk about? How fucking easy to make all their food is? <laughs> I think they do a lot. You know, talk about products and stuff like that. But yeah, they got the Trader Joe's got in the fucking podcasting game, man. Wow. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, uh, she looks for her ride, but no one is there. So she checks her hair in the door glass. We see someone behind her, and she turns around to see Mo in a chicken mask holding a knife, making psycho music. I love it. I love even Mo does like the little this little weird head, head tilt and whatnot. Uh, she has so much personality on screen. Mo's great. Mo's great. I had a crush on her back in 2000. She reminds me of uh, like a Feruza Balk. Like a comedic version of Feruza Bulk from the craft. Yep, agreed. And I, I think that's what she's sort of going for because craft was also late 90s and everything. Um, yeah, if like her and Winona Ryder had a baby, that it'd be Mo. And, and you know, again, I'll I'll take character wise, I'll take Mo over uh, you know Amelia Kincaid's character in Night of the Demons, and you know what, I'll take Mo over uh, Feruza Bulk as well. To be honest with you, I never saw the craft. I've never seen the craft either. Oh my god. So Everybody's someone's going, like, oh my god, we're gonna suggest the craft next. Oh you haven't seen the craft so good. <laughs> is it really? Is, is it, it though? Is it or is it like I I can't express to you and how much I hate <laughs> late nineties horror movies. Me too. Uh, guys, dude. Guys, I hate fucking Scream. I hate them. I hate them all because they're I've never seen like past like number two because they're so tame. They're so lame. I hate what you what I know what you did last summer. I fucking hate all those 90 late 90s slasher movies. You, hate you didn't them. like the first. No, I know what you did. No, I don't fucking for, like any of them because they don't have any blood. Things. They have no fucking gore. Everything was on the chopping room floor. Everything good in Scream was on the chopping room floor. Like when the boyfriend gets disemboweled at the beginning, you don't see that because that's on the chopping room floor. Fuck, I hate the late 90s when it comes to horror movies. Did you like Did you like Disturbing Behavior? Yeah, but I'd say that's more of a thriller. And it's 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 also a.k.a. Strange Behavior, you know, like a, a rip off of that. And that was different enough. I enjoyed it. Um, the Faculty, 
Uh, eh, whatever. Yeah. It's all they're all so heavily CGI'd back then. Yeah, I mean, I look, I like the first Scream. Uh, at least I liked it when I saw it in the theater because I saw it with a big audience and everybody was freaking out and that was cool. But yeah, no, I, I hear you. I mean, even people like trip over. There's so many movies from the 90s people trip out over. And it's just like, I guess, how, but that's the that's the generation that grew up on that stuff. Well, we grew up on that. I mean, Anyways, we, whatever. we did, but I mean, I feel like nowadays I just, I gravitate more towards 80s horror and stuff. But I, too. I, I will say that, that you know, there are diamonds in the rough, like this movie here, you know? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Some, somebody hates me right now for hating on screen. Meanwhile, someone's still going, I can't believe you never saw crap. Did you see Idle Hands? Idle, Idle Hands I enjoyed, so that I actually liked. I won't watch it. I mean, I'll watch it, but sign up to Patreon and then make us watch these movies. Exactly. There you go. David, go make me watch uh, Scream. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, David be like, come on, mate. You don't, you don't like Scream too? I do, actually, David. Bro, you know I do. He's always trying to get me to watch like the last two or something of the Screams. He's like, how's the... What do you think of the new trailer? I'm like, I don't know. I, I, I hate Scream. <laughs> yeah... I like the first I know what you did last summer. You and Dean from uh, Return of Revenge Resurrection. You guys can go talk I, about it. I liked it because, yeah. <laughs> you like and then I found it... out one of the kids I, uh, one of my parents and my kids I taught, he wrote the screenplay for that. So oh, we'll get him on and you can tell him how much you hate it. <laughs> Moving on. So <laughs> <laughs> just then a Jeep pulls up with five college kids in it and honks the horn. Clarissa says, my friends are here. I'm in a raging hurry. Okay. Mo shoots back that she wouldn't want to keep Clarissa's sorority sisters waiting. Uh, it should be noted that Clarissa's dressed sort of preppy while Mo is dressed fully goth. Clarissa says uh, she will see Mo in class tomorrow and goes to walk away, but Mo stops her and says it's an emergency. In the car, everyone is watching and judging Mo. They're all preppy looking too. Caitlin says, Oh my God, who is that? Her boyfriend Biff says, Yo, that's the weird goth chick. I heard she's a dyke. The driver, <laughs> Friholi, says, Hey, little lesbo action, dude. I could get into that. Man, I can't do his voice justice. He was he was so fucking cool. He's such a piece of shit sleazebag character, but the actor's so fucking cool. Yeah, he's like uh, he's like Trent. He's like a comedic stoner version of Trent from Swingers. Well, he's comedic too, but you get the point. Well, he, he's Trent from Swingers, but in a horror movie. Yeah. Yes. Two guys in the back seat chuckle, and a dog, a Boston Terrier, growls. Caitlin goes on, what the hell is she doing? We've been waiting for her ass for like five minutes. Then she yells out, come on, Riss, the nuns await. So by the way, everyone refers to Clarissa um, as Riss. Uh, I chose to write out Clarissa fully every time for some reason, because I'm an idiot and a glutton for punishment, I guess. I guess so. Cut back to Clarissa's conversation uh, with Mo. Cut back to Clarissa's conversation, and Mo says that all she needs is a ride. Clarissa asks where. To the convent. That's where you're going, isn't it? I heard you guys are going to, like, try and paint the letters on the convent before the Kappas beat you to it. Clarissa says, and? Mo says, and I need you to give me a ride there. Clarissa says, I just can't take you, Mo. They wouldn't understand. Mo says it won't matter. That Clarissa will always struggle to fit in with her friends and will never accept her for who she is. They fight about her friends not accepting her goth past. 
apparently she had one night stand with Joey Ramone, uh, who must have been pretty freaking old, I guess, because, you know, if you figure in 2000, Moe's probably, let's say she's 21. I saw the Ramones open for White Zombie in the late 90s, and he they were all decrepit then. So yeah, I was like, that was a weird piece of dialogue, because I just, all I could picture was either Joey Ramone old and having sex with her at the appropriate age, or younger and having sex with her at, at an inappropriate age. I would have had her say, like, you know, the dude she had the had sex with the lead singer from Typo Negative or something like that. Peter Steele, isn't that his name? <laughs> sure, yes. I think it Peter is. Peter Steele, Typo Negative. Peter, Peter Steele, rest in peace. Yeah. He passed away? The lead singer for Typo Negative passed away? He did. He did. He did. He did die. Um, and they actually... Peter Steele was there. Typo Negative had a song in the "I Know What You Did Last Summer" soundtrack. Jesus Christ! It's, it's going to keep coming back to "I Know What You Did Last Summer," isn't it? <laughs> oh my God! Yeah, he was. Uh, he 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 had a heart attack. Mm. The guy used to do push-ups before he went on stage. Yeah, well, that's probably drugs then, right? The heart attacks, probably cocaine and shit. I mean, yeah, but I, I love typo negative. They were, they were cool. Like I I was into their shit for a little bit. Um, God, what was their big summer breeze? Summer breeze makes me feel high. (laughs) (laughs) I remember I I did know one song back in the day, but I was never, never that cinnamon girl. And honestly, they did cinnamon girl too. And honestly, at this point in time, I was probably listening to Corn and Tool. I was probably actually getting out of Corn at this point. I was probably just listening to Tool twenty four seven, pretty much. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. Yeah, I can see that for you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, I was listening listen to all that shit. Biohazard. I'm so into Biohazard. Well, you're, you're a bit more. I don't know what I'm trying to say. You're a bit more musical than I am, and I, I think that music is is very much an important part of your life. Whereas I was young sure. when I was younger, it wasn't for me. Um, although I didn't know it at the time, it probably was. I just didn't know it. And as I've gotten older, music has definitely gotten more important to me. But you, you know, you've been in bands and everything, and you're sure. a singer. Um, so I, I would hope that your musical influences would be bigger than mine. It's true. Yeah, you're like all of that's true. Uh, Mo pulls out a picture of the two of them as blackmail to get a ride and Clarissa's is like you know a goth in the picture you know it reminds me of School of Rock when Jack Black whips out that photo of him and Mike White from their goth band days (laughs) I was like did they get that from the convent no they didn't no but maybe Uh, maybe Clarissa gets upset and Mo says get over yourself I just need a ride that's it and she also wants to see if the place is really haunted. Clarissa says, I thought you gave that up with Menudo. Another weird reference. Weird. Yeah, doesn't. Yeah, could have gone for a better line. Yeah, that could have used a rewrite on that one. Definitely. For Holy Honks the Horn and Caitlin yells for Clarissa to get it in gear. I'm getting wrinkles waiting here for you. Fiholi tells her to bring the lesbo along. Clarissa rolls her eyes and Mo says, Woohoo, Lesbo, that's me. And they both start walking to the Jeep. Kaylin asks why they invited her. 
And Clarissa's boyfriend, Chad, says that Frijoli hasn't gotten any since he got booted from the house. Biff says, yeah, after breaking the record for longest pledgehood in history. They all give Frijoli shit for trying to hit on a quote-unquote lesbian. Um, I say that because she's not, or well, we don't know, to be honest with you. Um, he says, I'll show you wannabes what it's like to be the Mac of UCC. All I need is five minutes alone. Clarissa tells Mo to jump in and keep her mouth shut about her past. Mo says her secret is safe. Then Clarissa introduces Mo to the rest of the group. Caitlin asks, what's that short for, Morticia? Mo looks at her and says, are you a bulimic bitch? Caitlin yells, excuse me? But Clarissa diffuses the situation as she climbs into the back of the Jeep and the group drives off. Meanwhile, I'm like, really, Clarissa? Why do you want to be friends with these people? I know. They're yeah. really unlikable. They are. Very much so. Obviously on purpose. Yeah, of course. And this scene illustrates everyone perfectly how they're going to be sort of moving forward. Yes. Cut to for Holy stopping in front of an abandoned looking house. He says, it's that freaky old bitches pad, man. Caitlin asks who? Chad says, that's Christine's house. She made them shut down the convent. Mo corrects him and says, actually, she shut it down. She went crazy and blew away the nuns. Made our town famous. Clarissa asks if anyone has ever seen her. Chad scoffs and says she shoots at anyone who steps on her property. In the driver's seat, Frijoli says, I bet you I could fuck her. (laughs) We all knew this guy in college. And you know what? I was probably this guy in college a few times. And looking back, I'm not proud of it. But I've I've, I've had a little Frijoli in me every now and again. This incriminating moment brought to you by Corey Stevenson. <laughs> Finally, it's me that's incriminating and not you. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not. These are my brother's friends. Yes. Now it all makes sense to me. Okay, good good call. Now I get, I get where you stand in this situation. Okay. Yep. Can- I'm not Brant, but I'm pretty close to it back then. <laughs> okay, okay, all right, all right. Caitlin. where is brandt by the way is he in the jeep he is in the jeep he it takes him a little bit to sort of start talking he doesn't really get any dialogue until they actually get to the convent no and then mo doesn't even acknowledge her relationship she's got to know him that's actually a fantastic point i didn't even think of yeah i mean brandt should know her because they you know grew up she grew up with caitlin or i'm sorry yeah she grew up with uh good lord what's her name clarissa, uh, clarissa there you go Good point. Didn't even think about that, but I think that's kind of a plot hole. But again, we're going to call shit out just like with Out of the Dark, but none of this took away any of the fun of this movie. Yeah, agreed. Caitlin tells him to stop being an asshole, but for Holy says he just wants to see if the freak wants to come with him. He starts yelling at the house, hey, baby, we're going to go visit your friends tonight. You want to come? He <laughs> He starts honking the horn and we see a light turn on in the second story window and a woman's silhouette. Everyone screams and for holy speeds off. The light in the window turns off. Now, I thought this was such an accurate depiction of kids of this age and era because like, yeah. you know, you yelling out and all of a sudden they see her and they all scream even for holy. He's like, ah, and they fucking peel out. It's great. And by the way, Adrian Barbeau, I believe, was like 55 at this time. She looks fan-fucking-tastic. Agreed. Apparently, she's wearing the wig that she wore from Swamp Thing. I didn't even know she had a wig on in that. I didn't know she had a wig on in this. 
neither did I. I'm like, that's her hair, right? And yeah. they're like, nope. That was the same, same wig as the one she wore in Swamp Thing. Interesting. Yeah, I, I, I saw that as well, and I was like, okay, that's an interesting factoid. <laughs> yeah. And it's factoids like that is the reason we don't have much behind-the-scenes information because that's it's stuff like that. That's all we got. Yep. Cut to the abandoned convent at night. It's a bad composite shot with a full moon complete with a wolf howl. A for effort and charm, though, I said. Yeah, I agree. They pull up to a locked gate, and Biff cuts the chain. Everyone gets out of the Jeep and walks up to the building. For Holy says, this is all Amityville and shit. Then he does, red rum, red rum. And Mo says, wrong movie, Nimrod. For Holy doesn't even skip a beat and says to her, I have a good one for you. What kind of pussy does a priest get? Mo says, none. For Holy, not listening, says, none. Get it? None. N-O-N-E, get it, N-U-N, question mark. Mo says, same kind you get, huh, for Holy? That's good. It was funny. It's funny when he did that because he's so in his own world. Yeah. And that guy is in his own world. A lot of guys like that, like alpha guys are hitting on the girls, but they don't actually listen to anything the girl is actually saying. Yeah. And alpha guys who, like, talk like a rapper kind of dude, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Especially in this era. Yes. That was very popular in the 90s. It's like, yo, what's up, girl? You know, that kind of shit. Yeah. Biff laughs at <laughs> Biff laughs at him, but for Holy says, laugh it up, homie. Just watch. I'm going to get some tonight for show. The camera moves past the goon squad, and we see Clarissa talking to her brother, Brant. She asks what he's doing here. Oh, I finished the guy's laundry early, so they let me come along. She says, you make it sound like they're your big buddies or something. Brant says they are, and they're going to let him in the fraternity. Clarissa says they are just using him. You're a joke to them, sweetie. You're never they're never gonna let you in. Brant says that she sounds like mom. Can't you accept they're my friends too? <laughs> they're not. <laughs> Spoiler alert. He he looks like uh you remember that actor Jack Noseworthy? Jack, Jack Noseworthy. <laughs> yeah, he was in Alive, he was in Event Horizon. Um, I think he had a show on MTV for a while. Is it N-O-S-E or? Yes. Noseworthy. Oh, um, shit. That guy. Yeah. From uh, Event Horizon. He's the one that got sucked into space and they had to kind of go out and save him and everything. That yeah. dude. That dude was like everywhere for a very short amount, a very specific period of time you know what i mean he was kind of everywhere looking at his imdb the irony is you're saying he's giving you vibes right of of yeah brant well they're both from boston massachusetts so that might be something as well that's funny that's funny yeah he was in a show called dead at 21 on mtv which actually is a, was a cool show from what i remember Dude, that was back when, yeah, MTV was, like, sort of riding off of the liquid television and starting to get into, like, some scripted stuff until they went full reality all the time. And I I remember Dead at 21. I think we've got a future TV Obscura show. Abso-fucking-lutely we do. Fuck, dude. I remember that show. Holy shit. Add that one to the list, buddy. Oh, I will. Jack Noseworthy. (laughs) Jack Noseworthy. What a great name. Seriously. Just then, Chad, wearing the chicken mask, walks up behind Brant, mocking him when he what he just said, then giving him a massive wedgie while Clarissa rolls her eyes. Brant says, good one, Chad. That one went all the way up my ass. 
<laughs> that guy, Lee, I'm telling you, Liam Sullivan is gold. He's, he's such a good actor. He's he's gold in this movie, that's for fucking yeah. sure. The group wander through the abandoned cemetery and eventually end up at a boarded-up door. Biff and Frijoli tell Brant to bust uh, the door down. He gets all pumped up and asks if there's a shovel or something. Biff says, a what? And then shoves Brant's body into the wooden planks. He bounces off and falls to the ground. No damage was done to the door. Now, that's definitely something I can picture uh, uh, one of Eric's friends doing to you. Yep, pretty much. Meanwhile, I'm like, Biff? That name doesn't track with the dude. Yeah. Yeah, I think they... Yeah, I think they were going for like an 80s sort of vibe, but... He doesn't, the actor doesn't feel like a Biff. And I don't. He's more like a Dean. Yeah. Yeah, dude. I could have taken, he could have been a Dean. I'd give him that. Meanwhile, my buddy Dean listening is like, wait, no, I'm not that guy. <laughs> no. no, you're not, Dean. You're not. <laughs> Dean, we you... love you, buddy. <laughs> yeah, come on. Come on, bro. Clarissa tells them to take it easy. And Biff says, sorry, but coddling your little brother won't make him a lambda. And body slamming him into the door will? Frijoli walks over to Brant and Biff and says, just one more time, all right, Clarissa? She says, fine. I love how she just says, fine. I know. <laughs> That's great. They both shove his ass into the door, and it breaks a hole in the boards. Brant starts yelling that his ass is stuck, and Biff removes him from the hole while Clarissa shakes her head. Biff tells Brant to climb inside, but Brant says he thinks he's ruptured his spleen. Frijoli <laughs> says, don't be a pussy pledge. Climb inside. Mo moves forward and says, "You're a bunch of, pu- you're all a bunch of pussies. Get out of the way!" And she and she climbs through the hole into the darkness. Hey everybody, Corey here. I just want to let you know that we'll be right back after these short messages. Hey everybody, I'm Tim, and I'm Dean, and we're the hosts of Talking Back. We're a retro-based podcast covering movies, comics, video games, and more. Check us out every Monday where we hit the rewind button and dig into some of our favorite content from the past. We like to keep things fun, lighthearted, and informative. Do you feel like you need more nostalgia in your life? Then check out Talking Back. We're available everywhere podcasts are found. Have you been wondering where's the beef? Well, on our podcast, Throwback Trivia Takedown, you might just find that out, as well as some other things about the 70s, 80s, and 90s. We're a nostalgic-based trivia show that pits two challengers head-to-head in a duel of the decades, with categories ranging from movies, TV and music, to slang, food, and fashion. You're sure to get the best in retro-themed trivia. So strap on your jelly shoes, grab a surge, and walk like an Egyptian to your favorite podcast app and check out Throwback Trivia Takedown. I heard even Mikey likes it. And now, back to the show. The rest of the gang follow her, including the dog. Hey, Boozer! (laughs) (laughs) The convent looks long abandoned, with cobwebs covering everything. Oh, by the way, this is a recycled set from Leprechaun 5 in the hood? In the hood. Yeah. Mo says this is this must be where it happened. Chad asks what happened. Mo says the abortion. We see a quick flash of a young lady being held down on a hospital table while five nuns and a priest hold her down. Sorry, I wrote that terribly, but I'm sticking with it. Yeah. Clarissa says there was no abortion. That's an urban legend, right? 
Mo says, bullshit. It was a scandal that closed the place down. The last surgery ever performed here. We see a flashback of the surgery from 1960 while Mo narrates the voiceover. Christine O'Malley was 16 and pregnant. Not a pretty situation back then. Father Ryan and Mother Superior kidnapped her in the middle of the night and brought her here and strapped her down. They performed an abortion right then and there. No consent necessary. Topical. Seriously. (laughs) Caitlin says, I bet they used a wire hanger. Clarissa says, gross. Biff says, that's my girl. Clarissa asks Mo, why would they do that? Abortion's like the biggest sin in Catholicism. Mo says that rumor has it the child was Father Ryan's. Chad says, that's fucked up. Brant asks if the church punished him. Mo says, hardly. Christine busted into mass one day and blew them away and torched them one by one. Nuns in flames. I bet it was fucking beautiful. (laughs) Caitlin asks, so she became some serial nun killer? Mo goes on, she claimed they were the devil's disciples. Thus began her 30-year vacation in the nuthouse. They say that Father Ryan and the nuns still haunt this building seeking revenge. Caitlin says, sounds like you saw one too many episodes of Elvira. (laughs) Again, it's so weird that these references are like to 80s when I don't think Elvira was on TV in the 90s, you know? And you know, it's funny. It's 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 you calling out these lines and you're like, "Ooh, it falls flat in the movie itself. You just you go past it because it moves so quick. Yeah, yeah, again. But I have these to, lines are a little like, hey, hey. Which, and I'm just sort of dictating what the, the, you know, the subtitles were, thus the script, thus proving to everybody that this movie is better than the script is because I'm not doing it justice. And again, we're about an hour in. If you guys have not seen this movie, please go watch it. Please always watch a comedy first before we break down comedies because yeah. we just can't do it justice. Maybe we did it with, maybe we did a, a Ford Fairlane justice cause we did a, nothing but Andrew Dice Clay impressions, but you know, comedies, please go watch first. Don't have our breakdown be your first viewing of, of a comedy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking at Zach's ex like, I got nothing to say. Yeah. <laughs> Corey's like, wait, this is the part where you say three, two, one. Corey, you're doing a great job. <laughs> Thanks buddy. Thanks. <laughs> Don't forget your thank yous. (laughs) Yo, man. Yo, man. man. I'm going to give you some of this tonight. Oh, Frijole. Holy Frijoles. Holy Frijoles. By the way, is that a name, Frijole? I've never fucking heard of that name in my life. Frijoles? Yeah. Isn't that beans? That's beans. So his name's he's named after a bean, huh? Well, he's named, maybe that's his nickname. It's got to be his nickname. Okay. Beans. Bean. (laughs) Bean. Oh, oh. <laughs> love that fucking scene <sighs> okay all right where were we my god so elvira you're right it, it's it's interesting because i i mentioned i say it and i'm like yeah i'm like that sounds kind of lame but at the same time you're right the delivery in the movie's better uh caitlin's better moe's better like everybody is better than their dialogue that i'm reading um, just, <laughs> just then Frioli pops up. Now I'm kind of, now I'm self-conscious. <laughs> now Corey's like, fuck me, right? Fuck, yeah, fuck me. Fuck me, right? This whole movie's nothing but dialogue. I have fucking 21 pages of dialogue right here, man. <laughs> now I'm self-conscious. Now. Robert's like, you're doing great, buddy. 
<laughs> rubbing his hands together like an arch nemesis. Uh, so just then, Frijoli pops up from behind, uh, throwing a dead rat in front of the group and scaring everyone. Biff laughs, then tells Brant to get it the fuck out of here, Pledge. And then Brant, uh, uh, Biff does like, whoa, whoa, whoa. He acts like a drill instructor sometimes, Yeah, you know? Yeah. He's a good dick. Yeah. He probably gives good dick, too. Brant <laughs> grabs it oh, wow. by the tail as Biff is yelling at him and runs off with it. Caitlin says, Biff, this place is gross. Let's hurry and paint. Then we can go somewhere romantic. Like a cemetery. Let's go find that room where they had the abortion. <laughs> That's romantic. Let's recreate that scene. Oh, gross. What? Jesus. <laughs> We're getting canceled, boy. <laughs> Biff, it'll be just like our second date. Oh, God. Jesus. Our first, you got me pregnant. Our second... Oh. I, I don't think you needed to explain it. I think we all oh, got sorry. it. <laughs> sorry. Oh, God. Everyone starts exploring the abandoned convent together. They eventually come across <laughs> two red hand prints on the wall. And Brent asks, do you think devil worshippers really live here? Biff walks up and says, it's paint, knucklehead. And then Frijoli laughs. Chad says to Clarissa, what do you say we do a little exploring of our own? Uh, she thinks they should stay together, but then Chad whispers something into her ear, and she says, right, what was I thinking? Biff and Caitlin go off to make out, and then and then so do Chad and Clarissa. Not before Chad yells at Brant to start doing the graffiti. Just then, the Boston Terrier Boozer starts humping Brent's leg. For Holy laughs and says, you said you wanted some action. Brent yells, it's not funny, he's really strong. Then he gets pulled to the floor by the dog. It was... Really funny because the camera is at, like, waist level and it doesn't move. And Liam Sullivan, he's just doing such great body motion. You know, the bo there's no Boston Terrier there. It's, he's all just acting. But the way he, like, flies to the ground and his hair kind of flies up, dude, it's fucking fantastic. I'm telling you, the guy is gold, man. So funny. He does great physical comedy in this. I hope this comes back to him. I hope he listens to this and be like, that 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 movie got me my first act SAG card or whatever. That Who I knows? hope so. Yeah, I would love to talk to him if we ever get him on the show. That'd be freaking awesome. It's but it's funny and I love how Froholy just like laughs and he's like, uh, you know, I I liked it. But anyways, Froholy says, "Yo, Brant, why don't you take Boozer for a little stroll?" Then he looks at Mo. Brant asks why. Uh, the he goes, "The place is a shithole, anyways." Froholy says, "Let me repeat myself, pledge. Why don't you take Boozer for a walk?" Then makes eye motions to Mo. Brant gets it and takes Boozer for a walk. Frijoli looks at Mo and says, Looks like it's just you, me, and the chronic, baby. He offers her his joint and she takes a hit and says, Lucky me. I love that Mo smokes the joint too. Like you know, there's no like, oh, I'm not I don't smoke, you know. No, she's she's down and she she gets she gets down. She parties. She gets down with that dank. She's that tank dank. <laughs> Cut to Chad and Clarissa exploring the convent. She says, I bet people really do come here to devil worship. Chad says that it's just another stupid legend. Then she asks, I wonder what it would be like to spend the night here. Chad gets intrigued and asks if Clarissa has a hidden dark side. She says, maybe, and they kiss. While they're making out, Clarissa opens her eyes and sees the ghost of a nun standing there staring at them. 
not too many scary scenes, and this one didn't make me jump, but I was like, oh, but it was still effectively eerie. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. And and there are definitely moments in this where they're like, they're shocking. Whoa! Yeah. That's what I did on the couch. Whoa! Whoa! <laughs> Look around, no one's whoa. around you. Whoa! <laughs> whoa, whoa, guys, guys, guys. Set, set, settle down, settle down. Settle down. <laughs> you over there, settle down. <laughs> Uh, Clarissa screams and Chad turns around but no one is there Clarissa says that it was a nun and she was all gross and fucked up Chad tells her she's just seen shit Froholi's weed was probably laced with a little something you're tripping on the weed and Morticia's story Chad tells her to relax they're supposed to be having fun Clarissa says that she isn't having any fun and wants to bail she leaves the room and, and Chad says sexy Riss Chad's such a piece of shit He's a piece of shit, and she's, I mean, what is she doing with these guys? Yeah. They're so unlikable, like, to the point where you're like, she wouldn't even be involved with them. But you got to let it, got to give it a pass because it is what it is. It is what it is. No, I did know girls, though, that dated pieces of shit, so. Yeah, I mean. Pe- and their pe- blinders on. Yeah, yeah, dude. I'm, I mean, I, I feel like I've known st- People like this, every one of these characters, I've known them or like been around them, maybe haven't been friends with them, like someone like Biff, but I, I, I've i known people that existed like this. So, yeah, you know, stereotypes are probably stereotypes for a reason when it comes to that, or cliches, I should say. Yes. Cut to Forholi and Moe in another room. He lights up another joint. I mean, he's smoking a lot of joints, by the way. He lights up <laughs> another joint and asks Moe if she thinks they uh, can get up in the bell tower from here. Mo thinks they can. Then Forholi asks her, "Do you know karate? Because that ass is kicking." Is that how you? Is that how you picked up Kristen? By the way, that's exactly how I picked her up. I said, "You got a mirror in your pocket? Because I can see myself in it." What? Ooh. You got a mirror in your pants? Because I can see myself in them. There you oh. go. Oh, hey, we, I knew you'd get she, there, buddy. <laughs> she allowed me the take too. <laughs> You got a you got a spray for something cuz my balls itch. Oh, Wait, what? <laughs> oh, oh. That wasn't a pickup line. That was the truth. Uh, she asks if he's serious and he says, "Come on, baby. It's just cuz you're so beautiful. I'm struggling to find the right words." <laughs> Mo says, "Why don't you do us both a favor and quit talking?" Verholi tries to grab grab up on her, but Mo pushes him away and yells, "Get off me!" Verholi says, "All chicks say that, but they never mean it." And you know, again, as much as this is where he sort of crosses the line and everything, and he, the character the character is a scumbag. If it wasn't for how, but how sort of charming the actor is, this character would be a full scumbag. And this is oh yeah, and this is when he crosses the line. He's only being a scumbag, like. Yeah, the, the 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 guy, the actor playing the character is really good, and the character's colorful, but he's still a piece of shit. Massive piece of shit. He gets what's coming to him. Oh, yeah. He might actually get it the worst. No, Caitlin probably gets it the worst, and I love that one. So he says, all chicks say that, but never, but they never mean it. She stands her ground and says, I do. Look, frat boy, I'm a virgin, and I'm certainly not losing it to some player like you. I'm saving myself for Marilyn Manson. 
oh, that's bad in 2023, isn't it? Because didn't he have some sexual issues in the Me Too department as well? Yeah, but maybe the character was okay with that. Well, I don't think it was back in 2000. I think now is when it's sort of coming out. But back then, it was. Back then, he was... People liked him. I never liked Marilyn Manson. Never. I was never, like, into Marilyn Manson, like, sort of the personality. But there were some songs that he put out that I very much dug. I never did. I was just like, I don't know. Didn't do it for me. If it's any consolation, I never owned an album, but I like some of his songs, like one okay, or two. Okay, then that is consolation. <laughs> exactly. There you go. I don't know. I looked at him, and I'm like, look, Alice Cooper was not, you know, a maniac. Rob Zombie is not a maniac. They were all people playing characters. We knew that. Marilyn Manson, like, tried to be what he was on, you know, tried to be the character, you know. Yeah. Like, it just never did it for me. I'm just, I don't know. I was never into it. Rob Halford was not Rob Halford. He was like super sweet guy, you know, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I'm with you. I feel like as we're, as we're moving along in, I don't know, society, our celebrities are getting worse and worse, or we just didn't know about things back in the day. But I feel like with Alice Cooper and stuff like that, we would have heard about it by now, you know, and 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 with Rob and Rob Zombie too, and everything. But yeah, it's like, I think even the lead singer of Corn. It's just, it's just, they were playing. They're, they're, it's man, like like you see death metal guys and stuff like that. They're all like thespians, you know, like they're all nerds. They're all music nerds. They're all kind of like nerds and everything. And and but then yeah, Marilyn Manson. I think he drank his own Kool Aid, you know, type of thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was probably or probably is super insecure or whatever, but I don't care. I just wasn't into him. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel you buddy. And, and nowadays, and I think under the light of 2023, you probably made the right choice in the long run. I did. <laughs> we see, uh, we see a figure in the shadows watching Mo and for Holy talking. Now, again, we kind of sort of glossed past it, but, um, she does mention she's a virgin and that's going to have to come into play, uh, later. Yep. Friholi says, so you're a hater. That explains it, baby. But don't worry. You'll get nothing but love from Friholi. He grabs her arm. He grabs her arm and Mo shoves him away and says, I thought I told you to relax. Friholi replies, whoa, I'm sensing some aggression here. Talk about sending mixed signals. Virgin my ass. Just then, we hear the police show up outside. We can hear them yelling from outside. You have 60 seconds to vacate the building. Frijoli and Mo both freak out. Mo says, I was not here, while Frijoli hides a bag of joints under some debris. He says it's probably just the campus police, so be cool. Mo says that she's already on probation. Please just tell them I cruised. Frijoli says, whoa, you want me to lie to the 5-0? She pleads with him and says, I can make it worth your while. Frijoli changes his demeanor and says, that sounds good to me, baby. Tell me where and when. She says, uh, back here in about an hour? Froli asks, how do I know you'll show? Mo says, I don't know. You want a credit card? Froli replies, I'll tell you what. You give me your panties and it's all good. Mo looks shocked. It's an easy choice, baby doll. Panties or community college. Panties or community college. It reminded me of the scene from Bachelor Party. Yeah, totally. <laughs> 
Mo reluctantly agrees and takes off her underwear while saying, Jesus Christ, what did you watch? 16 candles like 8,000 times? You got it on loop at your house? She throws them out for Holy and he puts them on his head and says, that's what I'm talking about. Oh, man. A reference that I don't get because I've never seen 16 candles. What? Does someone take panties in it? Yeah, Anthony Michael Hall. Okay, got it. Gets Molly Ringwald panties. Okay. People are like, this is not uh, 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 cancel culture. Uh," And you're like, oh, fuck off. It's 20. The movie came out in 1980 something. Yeah. And guys and gals, you know us well enough to know that we do not subscribe to cancel culture. And uh, if, if you do, kindly move along. Yeah. Also, if you're on the other side of the spectrum and you're a white supremacist, move along as well. Move along. There you go. We are firmly in the middle. (laughs) Left leaning, though. (laughs) So, buddy, outside, we see the two police officers, Bill Mosley and who's the other one? Coolio. (laughs) Coolio. Rest in peace. R.I.P. Coolio. And I got to say, he has two scenes in this movie, and he fucking crushes both of them. Hey, he's hilarious. This Fuck is great. Funny. It's funny. He's he's great. He's just silly. This, this is this is awesome. Uh, they have the whole group, including the dog, but sans Mo, lined up outside the convent. They have, they're doing a good cop, bad cop thing. Uh, Coolio being the bad cop. He's also, his character, I think, name is Starsky, Starsky, something like that. Um, but I mostly refer to him as Coolio. Bill Mosley says, well, let me guess. You all thought you'd be the ones to finally desecrate the bell tower, didn't you? Coolio gets in Chad's face. Is that what you thought? Chad replies, no, we just... Coolio stops him with, who said you could talk, white boy? (laughs) Bill Mosley goes on. (laughs) You see, every year, come homecoming game, another group of kids tries to be the one that gets past us. But that never happens, does it, Starkey? Hell no. Bill Mosley goes on. And this year ain't going to be no different, kids. You got that? Now, are you sure there's no one else inside that building? Coolio, a.k.a. Starkey, says, There better not be. Because if I just catch a scent of anyone in there, I'm going to lock your ass up so tight, they're going to have to have a combination to visit your nuts, white boy. Awesome. (laughs) For, For holy... With a joint behind his ear, says, There is another girl, but she bailed and went home by herself. Coolio puts his flashlight for Holy's face, and Bill Mosley asks, Why the hell would a young girl head home alone in the middle of the night? Coolio yells, Why? 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 <laughs> for Holy looks scared and says, She says something about her dorm had a curfew. Bill Mosley goes on, Well, tonight's your lucky night, kids. If I see any of you pricks around here again, you're going downtown. You got that? <laughs> Coolio grabs the joint from behind Froholi's ear and asks, What is this? Froholi says, I don't know whose that is, man. Oh, so now you want to lie to me, white boy? Well, let me kill him. <laughs> Coolio, acts, Coolio acts like he's going for his gun, but his partner holds him back. Coolio calms down and says, You know how it is, Ray. You know how I feel about this? The youth destroying their lives with this marijuana substance? Bill Mosley taps him on the back while Froholi looks on in disbelief. I know, Starkey. I know. 
Starkey goes on. You delinquent, degenerate-ass kids. Get the hell out of here before I bust a cap in your ass. All the kids go running. Once everyone is gone, Starkey and Ray laugh about the kids getting dumber every year. We see Mo watching from inside the building. Bill Mosley says, don't you think we should go in there and check it out? While Cool Coolio fires up a joint, takes a hit and says, None of these kids got enough balls to stay in there. Don't worry about it. They share they share the joint, then get back in the car and leave. Mo says to herself, get along, little piggy. Then a hand comes up from behind and drags her into the darkness. That was the one jump scare that got me the first time. Yeah, it's creepy. Yeah. So, Coolio, yes, he's doing... Yes, it all comes from, what, uh, uh, 48 Hours, right? The the captain in 48 Hours kind of is is the start of this this angry black character, you know? Coolio's doing it here, but then Ice Cube's going to do it in 21 Jump Street, and there, he's going to reference, like, yeah, I know I'm the angry black captain. Like, it, it becomes self-referential, but this is like this... Uh, like this long-term, you know, from the 80s, tried-and-true sort of trope of, of the angry black police officer... And yes, it's a trope, and yes, it's it, it, uh, it's a stereotype now for, for these movies, but Coolio nails it, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah, he's great. There, it's a super quick scene, but it's really funny. Even funnier the next time we see Coolio is, is my favorite oh, part. Oh, yeah, you know, it gets even better. <laughs> it Don't does. worry. Don't worry. <laughs> Don't worry, we get to see Coolio again. Yep. We cut to the gang at a diner, uh, getting some food and coffee. Now, apparently, uh, this was a shot. Th- this exterior shot of the diner was u- was used from another movie, so taken from another movie, and then they shot the inside at a different location. I guess I was just like, well, why go through all that? Why didn't you just get an establishing shot of some place? But I'm sure rights situations and getting releases. Yeah, yeah, look like a Denny's. Yeah, some kind of Denny ripoff type of thing. Coco's, Caro's. Yeah. Clarissa asks for Holy if he really saw Mo leave. He says, I saw her all right. I saw a whole lot of her. And he pulls out her panties from his pocket and everyone laughs. Even Caitlin laughs. I'm like, really? Okay, sure. Yeah, because, you know, <laughs> I'm in on it too. <laughs> yeah. Clarissa says, can you not be a pig for one minute and answer my question? Did you see her leave or not? Verholi keeps it up and says, you know, I like to avoid all that cuddling bullshit afterwards. She throws a pickle in his face and he says, damn girl, relax. She hid so she wouldn't have to deal with the cops. Biff adds, that goth chick's probably going to go all narcoleptic and shit. Clarissa says, that would be necrophiliac. Do you guys get that we left her there alone? Chad says, so? She wanted to stay. And then Clarissa sort of goes on, she could get raped or murdered. Chad goes on, enough with the drama, babe. That's This is when I was like, okay, we're not supposed to like Chad, Biff, or Froholy at this point. Nope. Clarissa says, can we please go back and get her? Kaylin asks if she's smoking crack. I don't think getting arrested would be good on my application to fashion school. Clarissa looks at Chad and asks if he's going to go with her kind of gives her this look of you're crazy clarissa gets up from the table and storms off while chad tells her to calm down all the guys laugh and caitlin says you eunuchs do i have to handle everything then gets up and goes after clarissa like her for holy laughs he's like what's what's a eunuch (laughs) (laughs) and how weird is this by the way 
Outside of the diner, we see Caitlin walking after Clarissa as she walks to two Porta Johns. So gross. I guess it's because they didn't actually get a diner to film in, except for that one, you know, main shot, and they didn't have a bathroom shot to. So, like, well, you know what? We'll just have uh, Porta Johns out back. You know. I mean, it works. Yeah, it works. Maybe the maybe the maybe the shitter was broken. Need to get Porta Johns. I think that's the 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 world building right there. I'm trying. I'm trying. You're doing it, buddy. I'm proud of you. <laughs> Caitlin asks where she's going, and Clarissa says she has to pee. Caitlin says she has to, she has to too, but not in there. What is this, the ghetto? Clarissa says it won't kill you. Just don't sit down. She goes, she goes in one, and Caitlin goes in the other. While they're peeing, Caitlin asks, "So what's the deal? Why do you give a shit about that weird ass chick?" Caitlin, we left a girl alone in an abandoned building. Who knows what's happened? Caitlin says that she's overreacting. Clarissa says that she doesn't care what the rest of them do. She's going back. Caitlin annoyingly relents and says, fine, they'll go back. Now, is your fit over or is there more? You definitely owe me for this one. Is your fit over? She sucks. Don't worry. She gets the best death of the movie. Yeah, she does. Absolutely. In the diner, Ferholi is telling all the guys that he wouldn't mind going back for another round with that goth chick. Biff says, I say we charge over to that 50 kegger at the Lambda house. Chad tells Froholi they can't go back to the convent. They could get in, in a lot of trouble. Froholi says, if something happens to her, your name could be ruined. We wouldn't want Chadwick Sr. to hear that his star quarterback was caught trespassing. Biff chimes in, hello, are you guys hearing me? 50 kegs, 5-0. That is a lot of kegs. That's a lot of kegs. Biff is very, like... His his character doesn't fit the actor. Agreed. Biff is probably the only miscasting here, I'd say. The only one, yeah. Yeah. Thankfully, he really doesn't have that much to do, to be honest with you, overall. No. For Holy looks at Chad and says, wouldn't you feel bad if something happened to her? Chad says that it isn't, isn't his problem and goes on, I don't care what you guys think. Nothing is worth going back for. Then Froholi confesses, I hate to tell you this, but I left my entire stash there. Biff and Chad look at each other and say, what? <laughs> and it's funny because it's like nothing's worth going back for. And he's like, well, I left, you know, the drugs. And then that, that's that's what I love. Yeah. Yep. And it, and it works better because right immediately after that, it cuts right to the gang walking through the abandoned convent. Yes. Biff is saying, you guys don't get it. 50 kegs. Caitlin says, uh. We're risking way too much for for Clarissa's little Morticia friend. Clarissa shoots back. It's Monica, okay, Caitlin? Monica. So at least we know. Yeah, Mo. Yeah, it makes sense. Chad says, just like Mo Green and uh, what was it? Um, fucking Godfather, right? Yes. I always thought that was a fantastic effect when he gets shot in the eye through the glasses. Like, still can't fucking figure out how they did that. Yeah, that's um, it's classic. Fucking amazing. Chad says, let's get the stash and get out of here. Clarissa reminds him, and get Mo. Right, right, and get Mo. Clarissa suggests they split up to find the stash and Mo faster. Froholi says, great, Shag. You go with Vilma. I'll go with Daphne. Seriously, guys, what the fuck? Chad and I will go down the hallway. Come on, babe. Hmm, okay, that's weird. Seriously, guys, what the fuck? Chad and I will go down that hallway. Come on, babe. And Clarissa and Chad walk off. Then Biff says that he and Caitlin will go check out the bedrooms leaving only for Holy, Brant, and Boozer behind. Then Boozer runs off. 
Verholi tells Brant to go get his dog, but Brant protests. I don't think we should split up. Verholi says he has some business to take care of. I got some homies meeting me here to pick up a little herb, and they'll probably bring some hotties. So maybe I can hook you up if you go get my dog. Brant gets excited. You mean sex with a girl? Verholi takes out his keys and gives them to Brant. Yes, take my keys, go get my dog, then wait there. They'll come and find you, okay? Brant hugs him and runs off. Then Frijoli pulls out a bag of mush- mushroom and says, I'll be sh- busy shrooming, motherfuckers. <laughs> oh my god, Kit. Corey's gonna love this part. I did, except as a fellow shroomer, you don't want to do that after eating, dude. This is, uh, we kind of fast all day long before we do it um because it messes with the the chemicals and shit so if we're gonna do some mushrooms at night we will probably not eat past about three three o'clock and by that point we'll also eat some like salad or something very light not a lot of carbs and then boom it's off to another world baby (laughs) this fun fact brought to you by Stoned with Corey. <laughs> Stoner Corey. Stoner Corner with Corey. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, one day um, we did mushrooms right when we woke up. Uh, didn't eat anything and did them right. Man, that shit hit hard and fast. Wow. Wow. Indeed. Wow. <laughs> Dream we were. <laughs> Cut to Mo tied up and gagged and lying down on a neon green pentagram. She mumbles, holy fuck. Then we see two blonde women in black dresses around her. She mumbles, who the fuck are you? God, I love Mo so much. Just then the door swings open and a thespian dressed as Dracula walks in and comically says, I have arrived. Do you want to do that one, buddy? I mean, you just did it. <laughs> You're like, I can't beat it. That's, that's great. One of the blonde ladies says, I think it's Safira. You're virgin, my lord. Mo looks around the room confused, and we see another person walk in dressed like a like a thespian vampire as well. Yep. He says that everything is ready, and that's Dicky boy. The son of Satan, a.k.a. Saul. <laughs> Very good, my minion of evil. So, girls on the left and boys on the right. The girls move into position. You sure you don't want to tackle these, or do you want me to do them? <laughs> no, you can do it. It's funny. <laughs> it sounds funny. Okay. The girls move into position. And now comes the time when we worship my father, Lucifer. <laughs> and again, the guy who plays Saul is so good. I am He's butchering so good. it. It's so good. And he only did like a handful of movies. It's a goddamn shame. Bummer. He asks one of uh, his girls, Sephora, if she's ready to give her soul to the fires of darkness. She says yes and takes his hand. He goes on, you know, Sephora, I don't know if I ever told you this before, but you're definitely the embodiment of lust. She says, a mere extension of your greatness, Saul, and you will not be disappointed. She takes off Moe's gag, then kisses her. Is is that what happens? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Thus, she was like trying to bite her tongue or something because they mentioned something about tongues, but it's kind of a weird edited shot. Yeah, I think he's trying to kiss. Like she's trying to kiss her. Then yeah, okay. Uh, Mo pops up and looks around and says, "Please tell me you guys aren't serious. 
You white trash posers don't actually think you'll accomplish anything by killing me, do you? Saul giggles and says, Excuse me, silence infidel! Or if not, I shall personally, and with thine own hands, tear the tongue from your mouth for mocking the circle of beals, bells, the thirteenth coven! <laughs> I think he was trying to say beals above, but, but yes. <laughs> yep. Mo laughs hysterically. The thirteenth coven? Could you be any more gothic pretentious? Said like Chandler. So, I mean, obvious friends reference. Yes. Could you be any more I gothic mean, pretentious? That was at the height, right? Yeah, 2000, I'd say. Yeah, that's it's probably Yeah, I don't I think season 10 was like 2001 or something like that. So, yep. it's probably the tail end, but enough uh, enough time has passed that like the zeitgeist has been permeated with, you know, friends references, which I don't even know if this is a friend's reference or if it's just kind of got, you know, made its way into it, you know, into the, yeah. into the zeitgeist. <laughs> right, were you ever a friend's fan? I think I, I watched a friend's a lot, but I never, I'm not a rerun of, I gladly watched Seinfeld over friends in a heartbeat. I was going to say you're, you're more of a Seinfeld guy, right? Yeah. Yeah. Me too. But then I, everyone trips over friends. Oh my God. So good. Uh, Okay. It's fine. It's fine. It's my wife's favorite show, so I, 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 I watch get it, it a lot. I get so. why people like it. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Just Sure. That, I yeah. just, it's like romantic comedy, too, you know? Yeah. Uh, and Seinfeld was nothing of that. I just don't watch sitcoms anymore. I just don't. You know what? To be honest with you, I'm trying to think. I don't think we were watching any new sitcoms. I think, honestly, the last new sitcom I watched was Brooklyn Nine-Nine, and when that ended, I don't think we okay. started watching another one. Yeah, I mean... Shrug. <laughs> <laughs> Zach and I are both shrugging. Unfortunately, that doesn't show up on audio. No. Uh, but you you guys feel it. You guys feel it. Y'all feel the shrug. You feel it. Safira yells at her for speaking to the Prince of Evil in such a way. Mo looks at Saul and says, Prince of Evil? You work at fucking Dairy Queen. You surfed my cousin and me a snicker blizzard last week. And so Zach, she says, like, snarker blizzard, and she says, like, dairy. She, so the subtitles say Dairy Queen. The subtitles say snicker blizzard. But yeah. they had to ADR because they were afraid. They, I think they did it sort of preemptively. They were yes. afraid they were going to get in trouble. So they ate. I forgot what they Dairy Queen became, but Snicker became Snarker or something. Yeah, they thought they were going to get in trouble or whatever, and it sounds funny. It does, because I was like, I'm looking at the subtitle, and, I, and I'm like, did I just hear, like, Snarker Blizzard? It works. It works. It does. Lies! 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 Silence her now! <laughs> yeah, I love him so much. The other goth guy, Dicky Boy, puts the, the gag back in, back in and pushes her back to the ground. Saul goes on, Now then, daughters of darkness, the time has come to silence this one for eternity. The time is nigh for your first step into darkness. So why don't you take the dagger of despair, you know, and plunge it into thine virginal heart today? <laughs> Safira reluctantly takes the dagger from Saul and holds it above Mo. Son of evil, Lord of darkness, I invoke thee, master of the underworld. 
I imprison your virgin in darkness. Release her into the sea below seas. Release her against the sixty demons. Possess her eyes with the demons of the eyes. Possess her hands with the demons of the hands. And possess her heart with the demons of the heart. Lightning and thunder start crashing outside. We deliver thee, O Lord of the flames, a human corpse of chaste loins and pure blood. May the demons tear at her from every side. Rise, bitch, rise! Sephora plunges the dagger into Mo's chest and Mo starts to change into a demon as the doors fly shut and, bo and boards fly up over the windows all over the convent. Oh man, I almost made it through all that without messing up. <laughs> We see the rest of the gang reacting to the supernatural event in their various locations. Of course, Frijoli says, cool. Once everything settles down, all four members of the 13 convent watch Mo intently. Suddenly, she pops up. Her eyes are neon green, and she has blacklit veins all over her face. It's a really cool effect. It is cool, minus the uh, the super fast drum beat. The doom, ding, 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 ding. Ding, 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 ding. Okay, I get it. It was popular back then. Yeah, it's, it's there's some moments in this movie like this. So every demon transformation is that sped up footage of their head, like shaking their head around and all, you know, that kind of thing. It's, yeah. it's fine. It works 99% of the times. But yeah, music wise, then it's so of the time that it starts kicking into this high beat sort of uh, rhythmic sort of, you know, beat, techno beat sort of. Yeah, like techno drums. Yeah. But I do like all, like, so all the demons will have these, like, black light veins on their faces and stuff. Oh, it's awesome effect. It is. And then later, like, when they die, their their blood is kind of neon. I love how colorful the demon aspect of this movie is. Me too. Me too. The special effects for the undead look great, in my opinion. And that's where they, yeah, that's where they need to need to work, you know. Anyways. And Mo, once she pops up, she's also holding the dagger of despair now. Saul and Dickie Boy try to run, but the doors are locked. Mo knocks down Sephora, then hacks the shit out of the other girl and bites her tongue off and spits it out. The tongue lands in front of Sephora and she screams. Sal and Dickie Boy eventually get the door open and they run out the room. Sephora gets her hands free and runs after them. And of course it's funny because we see Sal and Dickie Boy run to the right and then it cuts and it cuts back and then we see them run to the left. It's like, you know, very much like, da, 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 you know, type of thing. Yeah, it's funny. Yeah. Sephora finds herself in, in the convent's locker slash shower room. It's covered in graffiti. All of a sudden the lockers start falling over and Sephora runs to the showers to avoid being crushed. As she huddles in the corner of the shower, blood starts shooting out of the nozzle and drenching her. It stops, then boiling hot water starts shooting out. Safar screams and then transforms into a demon, complete with the blacklit veins and everything. It's it's funny. It's funny because when it, it finally stops showering, and then it blasts her again. Mm -hmm. <laughs> You're like, oh, shit. She's like, she thinks she's like safe, and then it just hits her again, you know? Yeah. Boiling water is pretty intense. Yeah, I'd say so, you know. Yeah. At, one, at some point down the road, we'll have to uh, break down the movie Colobos. And there's a cool scene of like, it's like acid water shooting out on this woman in the shower. You've, you haven't mentioned it in a while, but I remember you mentioning Colobos uh, uh, pretty frequently back in like season one of, of yeah. this. I need, I need to get on that. There's, I have the arrow. I should get it for you. Okay. 
Okay. It's, it's like it's it's a weird take on a vampire type of scenario or something. No, it's it's um. Am I thinking of something else? It, maybe it's a like real world where they put him in a they put these people in a house for a reality show. Oh. And they're locked in the house. What am I thinking? Where the guy? It's like a it's a different take on the vampire thing, and he's kind of like got a metal piece on his chest or something. Oh, that's the Guillermo del, del Toro movie. Okay. Uh, what is it called? I thought it started with a K also, um, but... Kronos. Kronos, that's right. I, you know what? I think you also talked about that one. I think you talked about both of those movies. Kronos and Kronos. Kolobos. Yeah, Ron Perlman's in Kronos. Okay, okay. You want to see me with my makeup on? Yes, please. Please, always, always prefer Ron Perlman with the makeup on. Please. Cut to Chad and Clarissa walking around the convent. They hear a Chad scream. Chad boy! Chad! Chadworth, Chadwick, Chad boy. They hear a scream. Chad denies it. Then Clarissa asks if Caitlin and Biff are trying to fuck with them. He says they better not be. They don't need the cops to come back. Suddenly a creaky door slams shut and Clarissa asks, what was that? Chad denies that too. And Clarissa calls out for Mo in the darkness. The door opens back up and Chad says, let's just go and get the hell out of here. But Clarissa wants to check it out. Chad replies, great, famous last words. He says he isn't afraid when Clarissa gives him shit. Then she pushes him into the darkness and says, then prove it, tough guy. Chad and Clarissa start walking through the convent slowly. Chad in front and Clarissa behind him. Once they are convinced there's nothing to be afraid of, Chad says, now can we get the fuck out of here? Just then the door behind him explodes and Safira grabs Chad and pulls him to the ground in the next room while Clarissa screams. Safira starts ripping and biting at Chad's stomach as he screams and blood sprays everywhere. Was not expecting that. No. Clarissa takes the flashlight she's holding and knocks Safira off Chad. The demon recovers and runs at Clarissa, but she shoves the flashlight through the demon's mouth and out the back of her skull. We see a cool effect of Sephora demon with the flashlight still on sticking out of her mouth. This was a fun effect. Yeah. To stop her... Clarissa tries throwing stuff at Safira, then spitting at her, then eventually knocks her head off with a two-by-four. Clarissa helps Chad to get to his feet and out the door, where they run into Ferholi in the hallway smoking a doobie. You kind of, like, it's like, you know, Clarissa's holding Chad, and he's kind of slumped over and holding his guts in, and then Ferholi just walks by and he goes, Hey, what's up, guys? And then he walks into another room while Chad and Clarissa just sort of stand there in shock, staring at him. It's hilarious. Cut to my, probably my favorite scene. I love this scene. Now the camera follows for Holy as he opens a door into another room. A distorted version of Dreamweaver plays over the scene while for Holy trips balls. And it's awesome. It's like, Dreamweaver. But it works. It fucking works, dude. Yeah. The camera distorts like to uh, to mimic the song sort of as well. Uh, we see some shots of Frawley playing around and making shadow puppets on the wall. And then the crucifix looks at him and Jesus says, yo, get me down from here, motherfucker. <laughs> this is my favorite part because, again, Dreamweaver's playing this entire time. We also see a demon nun mock playing a piano, 
to match the song and it creates a weird trippy music video out of the scene i love it then like yeah, that's the, great then like the panties fly through the air and for holy's like whoa and then the, there's like an overlay of the demon dancing dude i'm like this i think this is the scene i was sold i'm like this movie is genius i had figured it would be i figured it would be the fact that there's a demon nun playing the piano and it looks at the camera and smiles in full demon makeup yeah it's hilarious <sighs> finally for holy sees demon mo and says whoa 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 what do we have here she's kind of sprawled out sort of seductive seductively on a table uh in front in her uh, in front of like a a blue cross that looks like it's in the wall. It looks like something out of the keep, like a set design yeah. from the keep. I love it. I it's think like, it looks cool. It's like the, 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 the pulpit or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like the, the cross is like in the wall and then it's like blue, like glass or something. So it kind of has this yeah, cool hue cool. to it. Yeah. Oh, the keep man, guys and gals. If you haven't listened to our review of the keep, I think that was, come on, keep that was either season one or early on in season two, but it was a long time ago. But that movie was, oh, my God, so good. So fucking good. I always knew you were a kinky little thing. She gets up and pushes him back against a wall. Whoa, that's cool. I dig dominant chicks. Mo starts unzipping his pants and Frijoli says, you look all demonic and shit. Nah, that's cool. (laughs) He's uh, talking to himself the entire time. Oh yeah. Oh for sure. She looks down his she like licks down his chest and starts giving him a blowjob. In movies like this, you always see the girl's head go down and then maybe in position in front of the pants, you know, and that's it. That's all you see. Here you see her go back and forth a few times. And I was like, okay, okay. Yeah, it's pushing the envelope. It is. And I love how Froley's like, all right, cool. Do your thing. Whatever you got to do, baby. <laughs> Whatever you got to do. I have to do this, okay? <laughs> I have to. Uh, and, of course, just then, Mo rips off his dick with her mouth. Blood sprays all over Froley as he screams, and then he, too, turns into a demon. Ding, 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 ding. Yep. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. And I don't love it. (laughs) I don't love it. (laughs) Yeah. But again, anything I don't love about this movie does not take away from my overall love for this movie. Agreed. Agreed. Cut to Brant walking through the convent looking for Boozer the dog. He eventually finds himself in a room, and as he's exploring it, he's startled by Saul and Dickie Boy, who are hiding in the shadows. They all scream together, and Saul asks Brant if he's one of them. Are you the spawn of the devil? Brant says, no, I'm a lambda. Saul asks if he bears the mark and they open up his shirt. Saul screams and then says, oh, it's just a mole. He's clean. It's just a mole. Brent asks what's going on. Saul tells Dickie to give him his scarf and and Dickie protests. Brant thinks that uh, they are for Holy's bros. Hey, if you want to hook up some of his dope, you better have a little... Action for the old Brantster. You know, action. And he starts doing like a fucking gross, seductive dance. Saul says, that's right, Brantster. We are Freeholies, boys. <laughs> and they even spell it like in the subtitles, F-R-E-E dash hole, you know? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and we are here to hook you up. So let's hook you up. 
Brain gets excited and cheers. <laughs> Saul takes the scarf from Dickie Boy, then spins Brant around so his back is two of them, then blindfolds him with the scarf. Brant laughs and says, kinky. Saul goes on, all right, listen very carefully to the sound of my voice. <laughs> he will sleep now. Then he hits him and he hits Brant in the back of the head with his cane. It knocks Brant to the ground, but not out. Oh, fuck. My fucking head, you fucking dick. <laughs> Dickie asks why Saul hurt him, and Saul says, I'm trying to strike him unconscious. Brant gets up. What was that for? Saul says he's sorry, and they were just kidding. I'm just kidding. Then he hits him in the head again, and again not knocking him out. Fuck me, you fucking dick. Brant gets to his knees and Saul once again yells, You will definitely sleep now! And then knocks him out this time for good. Dickie asks Saul why he did that. Because I want to live. And I have an idea. Perhaps with another virginal sacrifice we might be able to reverse the process and send the demons back. Dickie asks if they need a virgin. But Saul says he thinks they found one. And they both look down at Brant. So funny. If you know Liam Sullivan, again, if you look him up, it's like hearing him swear makes it even funnier. <laughs> Ow, you fucking dick. <laughs> you fucking dick. <laughs> you asleep now. Oh, fuck. Love Saul. I love Saul so much. And unfortunately, we're not going to get Frijoli talking anymore for the rest of the uh, the movie. No, Frijoli's dead. Yeah. I mean, he's, not, he's undead now. There you go. So no more Frijole. <laughs> Frijole. More asshole. Ah, there you go. Hey everybody, Corey here. I just wanted to let you know that we'll be right back after these short messages. I'm John, and I'm the host of Action Action. Every week, I'm joined by James. hey And Dustin. Hello. And each week, we review, debate, and rank a different action movie. We're creating the ultimate list of action movies. From awful to awesome. So if you want to hear three more white guys with beards talk about action movies. And argue about where they belong on our list. And decide you hate us because we've made fun of your favorite movie. Join us every Tuesday, and you can find us on your favorite podcatcher. And Steven Seagal mm. is a joke. <laughs> Hello, everybody. I'm Adam. I'm John. And every week we are giving you a blast from our past. We are the podcast that brings you full-on movie breakdowns, TV show reviews, album reviews, top tens, and more, all from the things of our nostalgic past. So please join us every single week on the Blast From Our Past podcast. You can find us on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, however you listen to podcasts, you can find us, and we would love to have you take a trip with us to the land of nostalgia. And now, back to the show. Cut to Biff and Caitlin walking through the convent. Biff is holding a baseball bat. They're fighting about not having a meeting spot. Caitlin steps in blood and looks down and says, ooh. Just then, Demon Safira pops up and grabs Caitlin. Biff hits her with the bat and the two of them fight. While Caitlin is screaming, the other female demon from the 13th Coven pops up from behind. And what does she do to Caitlin, dude? She rips her flesh off her face. She peels it off. Dude, that was awesome. It's great. It's great. It's straight out of like demons. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, it's probably my favorite gag in the whole movie. Yeah, me too. I like the, I like Dickie's rebirth at the end. Hmm. 
that's probably one of my favorite at least his special effects but yeah hurt that this kill is awesome even better caitlin also turns into a demon and so they do the head spin thing you know all that kind of stuff but her music kicks in but also with her with caitlin her transformation includes like a cheer number like she starts moving her arms like she does like a little cheer. really funny and she has no face it's fucking hilarious yeah biff screams and runs out of the room in another part of the convent, Clarissa is trying to rip the t- the two by fours off the windows while Chad is sitting on the ground looking at his guts. She says they won't budge. She yells for help, but Chad just looks up at her ass. He goes, "Am I gonna be okay?" <laughs> I like how she kind of takes a minute to like calm down for a second. She looks up and she goes, "You look good." <laughs> and starts screaming for help. Yeah, and Chad's funny. crying. Biff finally finds them and comes running in, yelling that they're right behind him. Biff and Clarissa drag Chad into another room with the demons in hot pursuit and manage to close the door and block it before they can get in. Clarissa takes off her shirt to stop Chad's bleeding while the demons start busting through the door. Biff is looking after Chad while Clarissa tries to get the windows open. Chad yells to Biff to fucking help her. Fucking help her! Yeah, I love that. (laughs) He starts hitting the wood planks with the baseball bat. Clarissa goes to Chad and says they have to find her brother. Chad pulls a Mr. Orange and says, I'm fucking dying. I think that's a Reservoir Dogs reference. Yeah, for sure. Clarissa pleads to Biff, but uh, he says he's not going anywhere. They made my fucking girlfriend one of them. They're not getting me. Just then, as Clarissa is consoling Chad, he turns into a demon and attacks her. But Biff jumps in, only to get the top of his head punched off. That was another good effect. Not quite as good, but still fun. It's cheesy, but it's it's great. Didn't see it coming. Nope, neither did I. Clarissa screams as she sprayed with his blood. The demons break through the door and advance on her. Clarissa is able to get one of the planks off the window and crawls out the window and runs into the night. Cut to a different part of the convent, and Saul and Dickie have Brant tied down and candles are lit around him. Dickie comes running in with a dagger of despair and says, I found it, boss. Then he says, ew, when he sees the blood on it. He hands the knife to Saul, but Saul says... Listen, Dickie boy, I just found out from my father, Lucifer, that I won't be performing the ritual. Something about the Lord of Darkness is far past doing such crude work. So, Dickie says, so who's going to do it? Saul just sort of looks at him. Me? Boss? Am I worthy? I love how Saul's like, yes! (laughs) Clearly with like an improv background because he knows where he can kind of move in, you know? Yeah. Yes, he told me. Your time is now, sibling of Satan. (laughs) Dickie says he won't fail him. Brant begins to wake up and asks where he is. Saul tells him to lie still. Come now, Branster. It's the surprise you've been waiting for. Just lay there. Brant smiles and says, oh, yeah. And he sort of puts his hands behind his head while still blindfolded. Saul starts chanting, but Brant says, what the hell are you doing? Saul says, nothing. It's a surprise. Then he goes back to chanting in the tune of Silver Bells. Yeah, it's hilarious. (laughs) And he's like looking at Dickie Boy like, you know. uh, So Dickie Boy raises his knife but chickens out. Brant says, I don't don't think this is for me. Saul says, no, it is for you. Only you can have it. (laughs) Then he goes back to sort of persuading Dickie Boy to prove himself. When Dickie chickens out again, Saul says, do it or it will be you. 
As Dicky raises his blade, Brant gets frustrated and removes his blindfold. And I love how he sees like Saul sort of grinning like an idiot. Uh, Brant screams and dodges Dicky's knife just in time. He yells, oh my god, devil worshippers! And runs out of the room. <laughs> Saul says, this is not going very well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so good. It's so good. I love it. That scene's great. Yeah, it's so great. Sadly, this will be pretty much the end of one character yeah yeah and sadly we like have 15 minutes left in the movie it's wild <laughs> we haven't even gotten to adrian barbeau yet like it literally is a cameo <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's yeah it's almost like a glorified cameo pretty much i'm i'm sure it's like what one weekend worth of filming basically yeah but but what it for what it is it's really good yeah and adrian barbeau turns in a fantastic performance flawless Oh, buddy, this is Except great. one scene. Back at the same diner the kids were at earlier, we see Coolio, a.k.a. Starkey, walking out holding bags of food and looking stoned. Clarissa comes running up to him, covered in blood and yelling for help. Coolio, looking absolutely terrified, he drops the food, then pulls his gun while Clarissa's yelling, Don't be scared! Don't be scared! Coolio yells, I cast you out, demon bitch! And shoots at Clarissa as she runs off into the night. Away with you, demon creature of the night! This, no, I'll take it back. There's a scene that solidifies my love for this movie. It's it's the, it's the Dickie Brant scene. But, like, this was just another, I was like, this is great. I was like, at this point also, I have, there's no doubt. It's a comedy. This is a comedy. Yes. Yeah. And the comedy gets even better. <laughs> it does. Clarissa runs through town and eventually ends up at Christine's house. She runs up to the front door and starts banging on it and yelling for Christine. It's the convent. People are dying. You need to help us, please. The same light comes on upstairs, but then turns back off. Uh, Clarissa sort of walks away frustrated, but eventually the front door creaks open and Clarissa goes in. Cut back to the convent. We see all the demons, including Chad, Biff, and Caitlin, following Moe. She leads them all to the locker room, and everyone, guy and girl, gets a nun outfit. Except for Frioli, he's the priest, and Mo is Mother Superior. I like it. I do, too. I like that that they all get, they all become nuns, guy or girl, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Dude, this movie's fucking too woke, man. This movie's way too fucking woke, bro. We can't can't have woke movies like this out there in the world, bro. <laughs> Sorry, that's me going full uh, right wing nut job. This movie clearly, the, the, they they hate they hate religion, hate it. They hate <laughs> they, it. They are, it's so obvious. They're just they despise it. I know, I know. I love it. <laughs> Cut back to Clarissa walking through Christine's house, calling out for her. She finds Christine in the living room holding a shotgun and a bottle of whiskey. Christine says, "I have a pump action Winchester leveled at your chest. You don't believe me? Take a step forward." If you came to get acquainted, you came to the wrong house. If you came to talk about the convent, start yapping. Clarissa says that her friends are stuck in there, and some of them may be dead. Christine gives her shit for breaking into the convent. Let me guess the rest of the story. You and your friends went there to screw and smoke dope. Then suddenly you awoke the forces of evil, and they started killing everyone, right? Clarissa says, well, kinda. Christine goes on, yeah, well, save your sob story for someone who gives a rat's ass. 
Every five years or so, you stupid kids think it'd be fun to break into the convent to see where it all happened. Then when all hell breaks loose, you come looking for the chick who started it. Well, fuck that noise. Not this time. I don't need to clean up everybody's mess. She's awesome, dude. Yeah. No, she she delivers her lines like... I'm sure the actor playing Clarissa was like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm doing a scene with Adrian Barbeau. Of course, they all had the standard canned responses in the behind the scenes uh, featurette. Oh, she was so generous. You know, she was such a wonderful person. It's like, yeah, I'm sure she was. But I can't tell you from the DVD era and everything how much I hated those bullshit featurettes that would just be people jerking off, all the actors jerking each other off, essentially. Yeah, yeah. And as someone who was hanging out with actors a couple of years later like that, when they say it's so generous, they're like, yeah, she probably paid for every meal you guys ate, too. I'll pay you, I'll pay you back. We take a check. <laughs> I would be at fucking dinners with, like, actors in L.A. when I first moved down here, and they're like, can I write you a check? I don't have my, I don't have my wallet with me. I don't have my credit card. Um, sure. Yeah. Oh, you're the best. You're the best. You're, you are the best. You are fucking fake. Yeah, I feel like you should get a brochure before you move to L.A. where they sort of explain to you the unwritten rules of the city because it takes a few years to sort of figure them out. One, you can't park anywhere. Otherwise, you get a ticket. And two, actors are fucking terrible people. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding, guys and gals out there. But some of them are, though. (laughs) Some of them are. Some of them, they're just so desperate. They're so desperate to be liked. Yeah, they all have that me, me, me complex having flashbacks right now <laughs> i can see it on zach's face he's like oh god oh no oh my god i honestly i think um out of the dark was a great representation of that when she was like oh oh look there's a picture of me you know oh totally yep fucking actors <laughs> clarissa please i like actors okay bobo <laughs> this is not your movie by the way, by the way, I, I know we uh, we kind of don't repeat bits, but uh, man, if I think you, I think Bobo was probably one of your most uh, 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 enjoyed bits thus far to date. It was it well, was people loved it. It got nothing but feedback constantly from people about Bobo. I would not be surprised if Bobo makes an appearance on this month's wrap up after dark. <laughs> are you gonna Are you gonna come? To wrap up after dark? Are you inviting me? Yes. Oh, good. <laughs> Aaron will love to talk to Bobo. Yeah, Bobo, go, 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 go back in the closet. Okay, I love you. I love you too. <laughs> I love how you throw in. And when I'm watching this, you know, it's great. I love it. <sighs> oh, it's God. almost like I have two personalities. It is. It is. And by the way, when I was editing it, I was like, man, this works really well, by the way. Because <laughs> when I'm watching you, it's just, you know, guys and gals, it's just Zach. Oh, my God. It's just Zach. <laughs> or is it? Or Truth is, is stranger it? than fiction. <laughs> true, true. Uh, Clarissa pleads with Christine to help her save her friends and brother. Christine says that they're already dead. The demons can only inhabit recently deceased bodies. Once they take you over, it's too late. Clarissa says her brother might still be alive. Christine says, not unless he's a virgin. Clarissa doesn't reply. He's not a virgin, is he? Clarissa asks, what does that have to do with anything? Christine goes on, they fucking love virgins. Goddamn demons. It's always something with a virgin. 
She takes a big swig from the whiskey bottle. You kids have any idea what you've done? Clarissa says no. Christine sits down and tells her what really happened 40 years ago. This also reminds me a little bit of G versus Z, the, the, the kind of the way the demons look. Okay. In, in a way. It's funny because one of the, the episode that we watched of G versus Z wasn't a very demon-heavy episode. No, but there were some that were. Okay, and they looked kind of like this a bit? Not, well, I don't know, just like the, the, the energy, the way it's shot. Okay, okay. Reminds me of that, but maybe it's that era. Because G versus Z was 2000 as well. Yep. Yeah. Again, ladies and gentlemen, go back and uh, check out the TV Obscura where we talk about that. Yeah, baby. Christine talks over a flashback of the convent. Sister Camilla was the first to see it. In the garden was a little girl just standing there in the rain. Sister Camilla thought she was another orphan. She was the first to get the demon. We see the little girl attack and possess the nun. It wasn't long before it spread. Sister Joan was next. We see her get hacked by a knife. Then it was Sister Abigail. She's drowned in a tub. And on down the line, we see another nun get killed in her sleep, Sister Kay. A nun is chased down and killed by a demon, Sister Marlene. A nun is being dragged behind a motorcycle down a sidewalk. Because they get worse and worse, you know? (laughs) Sister O'Donoghue. (laughs) Until there was none left, the place became the Devil's Convent. The next day at school, everyone knew something was wrong. We see the demon nuns, not trying to hide their demon faces, walking down the hall and looking at the orphans. They see Christine, and she's pregnant. I'd only been there for a few weeks. I was eight months pregnant in a runaway. They took me in. From that day on, they started acting weird. We see a funny montage of the demon nuns teaching. Like, one's in front of the, the chalkboard and it's writing, Hail Satan. Uh, one's, like, sort of spanking girls. Another one kind of vomits on one of the girls. But I, everyone's still going to class and everything when clearly these people are demonic. Yeah, I think this was the scene that reminded me of G versus E because it's so silly and over the top. But that's what makes it unique. Is that how the demons sort of act in G versus Z? Like they're sort of, they don't hide it a little bit? They don't hide it. Like once you see it, they're like talking normal and okay. being demonic, but you know, okay. and people freak out, but they don't, but they're like also, you're a demon. So, oh, so it's like the humorous juxtaposition of someone being demonic looking, but still sort of acting normal or whatever. Yeah, at times. Okay. Yep. Okay. I, I like that humor. That works for me. Yeah. Even after all that, nothing could prepare me for what happened next. Clarissa asks if that's when they performed the abortion on her. Christine scoffs and says, that's just an urban legend. That's not what really happened. I'm lying in my bed when my baby started coming. We see the demon nuns taking Christine to the demon priest. Same shots as before, but but now everything is dark and demonic. They wheeled me into the chapel and started the process of taking my baby. They were going to use it for one of their fucking sacrifices. You see, a virgin's blood is powerful. But a baby's blood, way more powerful. His body was going to be the host for their new leader, the son of the devil. Unfortunately for them, I had a different plan. We see Christine shooting up the chapel like before. Clarissa asks, so your baby, did it live? Yeah, he's a civil engineer in Peoria. (laughs) That was great. It's hilarious. The point of the story is if these fuckers get their hands on another virgin, they can complete their little ceremony. My brother's going to be the new Antichrist? 
Mom's gonna be pissed. Womp, womp, womp. Kind of another trope line, but uh, yeah. I thought it, I thought it worked though. I thought she delivered it fine. She did. She did. It's, it's silly, but it, it works. She also said Antichrist weird, and I can't figure out how she she I think did she say Antichrist or Antichrist? And she like it was a weird emphasis. She was like, he's gonna be the Antichrist, and I was like, it just was weird. I don't know. Did Antichrist. You Young guy, Christian. Did, did I you, didn't notice that. You didn't. Okay. No. Antichrist. <laughs> Cut back to the convent. We see Brant running from the demon nuns. He locks himself in a room, but Sol and Dicky Boy are in there. Oh, Brentster. Now where were we? Dicky Boy says, "We were about to jab the dagger in his heart, my lord. This time, let's get it right, shall we?" <laughs> Saul starts chanting while Dicky holds Brant and the while Dicky holds Brant down and the demons begin busting through the door. Dicky tries to stab Brant but he dodges it and the demons fully break through. Saul screams and everyone starts running in circles. Demon, Brant, Saul, everyone, and in literal circles, by the way. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> it's hilarious. It is. It really is. Because there's also one demon sort of in the middle while everyone's running around her. Yeah. And it's so comical. But again, this is like at this point, it's fully off the rails. Oh, fully. I think it went off the rails with Dreamweaver. No, I think it went <laughs> off the rails with Coolio. Yes, I agree. <laughs> Brant runs out into the hallways with Dickie and Saul in pursuit, but they run right into the arms of Moe, a.k.a. Mother Superior. Sal grabs the dagger to kill Brant, but Mo catches his hand, then stabs him in the eye with his own dagger. Uh, it's it's decent. It's kind of quick shot cutaway. Yeah, and you don't see him transform, which I think I would have liked to have seen the guy playing Saul transform. Yeah, I would have liked the boom, ding, 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 <laughs> ding, 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 ding. It's, it's so like fucking like Mortal Kombat and shit, you know, like all that stuff. You know, you know what your body does. Shake that body. Oh my god! It's all true. It's all, all of it. It's all true. <laughs> Back at Christine's place, they're loading up a bunch of guns. Clarissa asks if Christine is going in there by herself, and she replies, no, I'm going to be following you. Then hands Clarissa an AK-47 and says, we got some demons to kill. They walk into her garage, and Christine takes the tarp off of her motorcycle and gets on. She looks back at Clarissa and says, hop on. And we see them driving down the street with their guns, so clearly not Adrian Barbeau. Yeah, and remember, it's like, that she doesn't have her sunglasses on at one point, and then she does have her sunglasses on. Yeah. There yeah. we go. This is, remember when the door falls on her stunt double? Yes. It's hilarious. <laughs> we'll get to that in a second. Cut back to the convent, and Brant and Dickie are both tied to a gurney and being rolled down a hallway by the demons. Here's the funny thing is they're not really getting rolled down the hallway. The gurney's so big that they're kind of stuck in the door, but all the actors keep going, and no one actually moves. It's kind of hilarious. Brant asks, what are they going to do with us? Dickie says, they're going to sacrifice us. Brant asks, why? Dickie says, because you're a virgin. Brant looks confused. How do they know that? How do you know that? And I love how Dickie goes, oh, please, you're just oozing virginity, and the demons can probably just smell it on you. 
Bryant asks, then why are they taking you? You're a virgin? I haven't met the right one, okay? And this is when, like, the camera guy pulls back, and they're on the gurney, but it's a double-sized gurney, and it's not moving through the door. But all the demons behind them are moving around and doing stuff. I can only imagine it was a silly scene to sort of direct and just be like, guys, just pretend like we're walking even though we can't get through the door. Just just try. Just try. Make it look good. Yeah, just, just try. Again, like, seriously, five minutes left in the movie. (laughs) outside the ladies roll up and get off the motorcycle clarissa asks what the plan is and christine says i'm gonna walk in and blow the shit out of him clarissa asks what she should do and christine says just get out of my way christine shoots the door open and they walk into the convent clarissa asks christine how my two two c names come on now Rissa asks Christine how they kill the demons when all of a sudden one of the demons comes running, comes flipping out of the darkness, kind of an homage, I'd say, to some some army of darkness. Yeah, agreed. Christine blasts it with her shotgun and cuts off its head with a machete. She turns back to Clarissa and says, any questions? So if cutting off their head works, how come Safira, when when Chris, uh, Clarissa knocks her head off, it didn't actually kill Safira? But it's okay. Oh, so sorry, I just slipped in a pothole. <laughs> no, sorry, I just slipped in a plot hole. Oh, boom! See that body? Touch that body? Flawless victory. Oil, 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 oil. Muscle, muscle, muscle. Alright, so this is the scene, bro, that solidifies this for me. I was like, this movie's fucking great. Yep. Cut to Brant and Dickie tied to a table in the chapel. Dickie says, psst, hey, Brant. And, and no one's around, by the way. I have an idea. <laughs> I think we should have sex. <laughs> Brant looks confused. Why? Well, if we had sex, we wouldn't be virgins anymore. Solid, solid logic in my book. Brant yeah, says. I'm not, not so far so good. Brant says, no, <laughs> I think I'd rather not. <laughs> first off if we weren't virgins they'd just kill us Dickie says that's a good point I love how there's like a beat you know like a second of pause and then he kind of yeah. looks back and goes hey Brant I'd still like to try <laughs> Brant gets frantic we couldn't have sex even if we wanted to we're both tied up Dickie says he almost has his hands free and starts touching Brant's chest and Brant starts whispering help Help! <laughs> Not gonna lie, I've been in somewhat of a similar situation. No shit. Okay, okay. So you're being sacrificed, and you needed to uh, not be avert. No, I'm just kidding. Wow, uh, is that something you feel like <laughs> elaborating on? Just being or like right accosted now? as a. I was accosted a lot by men and women back in the day. Wow. That's why you're called Zach the Snack, baby. What am I? I have a sign on me that just says, touch me here. Like, <laughs> Jesus, dude. Jesus. It happened. Well, not that bad, but, you know, still. Sure. I'm, I'm, it's I'm okay. Looking. No, it's not okay. Get your hands <laughs> off me. 
I'm looking at Zach, and he's saying it's not bad, but I see the thousand-yard <laughs> stare in his eyes. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. All right. Well, there's like three minutes left in the movie. Uh, Rob, hope you enjoyed that piece of uh, <laughs> trauma from Zach. <laughs> We almost made a full movie without fucking having something. I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm okay. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> okay. All right. Back to the movie. Oh, did you call? Bobo, that was not my call for you. Go go back in the closet. Okay. I love you. I love you, too. <laughs> love how you tell him you love him. I love how it's evolved. <laughs> we cut to Christine and Clarissa we're, we're walking through the... It. <laughs> yeah, you're workshopping it <laughs> through the convent. They're making their way to the chapel when they're ambushed by demons, being demon nuns. Christine and Clarissa start shooting. Christina ties a belt around her and Clarissa, so they sort of back to back and then kind of spin around and, and shoot, you know. And but they're sort of attached. Um, it uh, it doesn't quite work until. Like for me, like sort of as a gag, it doesn't quite work until eventually Christine just starts sort of walking down the hallway with Clarissa, like sort of on her back, screaming and shooting. That's when I was like, okay, that's when the gag sort of works. Yeah. Works. They find themselves in a room and slam the door on Demon Sal's head, crushing it. And sadly, it's kind of like unceremonious for some. Yeah. Now that they have a moment to breathe, Clarissa asks where her brother is. Christine says he's probably in the chapel, but they're almost out of bullets. Clarissa asks what they're going to do. Christine gives her the shotgun, takes the machete, and says she'll be right back. She removes the wood planks. She removes one of the wood planks from the window and tells Clarissa to hold them off until she gets back. Then Christine heads off into the darkness as the demons start busting through the door. Cut back to the chapel, and Dickie is still trying to seduce Brant while he's still tied up and sliding away. I like he was just kind of moving away. <laughs> Dickie asks, "Where are you going?" <laughs> Brant goes, "Don't worry about me, dude." I'm just moving away. You don't have to be afraid. I'll be very gentle. Did, did they say that too? <laughs> yeah, they're like, come closer. Come closer. <laughs> oh, God. Good times. Morongo. Uh, wow. Cut. <laughs> Zach's just told me some shit that just blew my mind. But all right. <laughs> it's on the cutting room floor. Guys and gals. Guys and gals. Sign up to our Patreon and maybe, maybe I'll share we'll... it on Wrap Up After Dark. <laughs> Yeah, maybe we'll elaborate further. Bobo will share it after dark. Okay, <laughs> <There> Bobo. <laughs> I got your back, Zach. Okay, I love you. I love you too. I love how Brink gets off the table and starts hopping away, yeah. yelling, I'd like to stay a virgin in that department. And Dickie's sort of like hopping after him, and they sort of both fall to the ground right at the feet of Mo, a.k.a. Mother Superior. Oh, dun-dun-dun. It's, it's all comedy. Outside, Christine gets on her motorcycle and tries to start it. When it doesn't start, she prays, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be the name. Please start this fucking bike or we're all going to bite the big one. I like that. It starts and she drives off. Back inside, Biff and Caitlin demons are closing in on Clarissa. She says she knows karate. When all of a sudden, Christine rolls in on her motorcycle and cuts the heads off of the demons. Clarissa hops on the bike and they drive through the convent to the chapel. And it kind of sounds like I sort of glossed over the heads getting cut off the demons. It's because it wasn't that great of an effect. Yeah, it wasn't. But but later when she has it on her belt, it looks pretty badass. The, the two heads, yeah, yeah, on the motorcycle? That was fucking cool, dude. Yep. In the chapel, Brant is tied to the table with Dickie tied up and sitting on the ground next to him. Moe and Forholy are next to them. Dickie says, 
see, if you had just gone along with my plan, this wouldn't be happening. <laughs> I love how Brant's like, that's no help to me now, is it, dude? <laughs> Mo raises the dagger. Brant screams. Then Christine shoots her way through the chapel door and comes riding in. But did you notice the door hits and falls on the stunt woman, like on the bike and everything, and they all fall over? <laughs> they do. And the stunt woman has sunglasses on. And then suddenly, Adrian Barbeau does not have sunglasses on. Yes. Now, do you think that door was supposed to fall on them? Of course not. But it's hilarious. <laughs> you're, like, you're like, absolutely not. Emphatically, no. <laughs> Brant yells, Clarissa, then dodges the blow from Mo by rolling off the table. Christine guns down Mo as Clarissa runs over to untie Brant. You came back for me. You're the best sister ever. I love how Dickie looks over at them. Psst, please help me too. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> but Mo rises up behind too him late. and st- stabs Dickie in the back, killing him. Oh, poor Dickie. We, we see Dickie transform into a new kind of demon, a true demon. Now, you said you like this uh, demon look. Can you elaborate on it? It just looks like there's a a documentary, I think, that came out a while ago with, like, a demon on the cover of it. It's like a horror doc. Uh, David knows what I'm talking about. I think they where they, like, interviewed directors, horror directors or something. Anyways, it's some weird, creepy-looking demon on the cover and it looks like that. It's just cool looking. Yeah. Yeah. It's like it's, it like cr- hatched out of an egg sack. Which was, I thought that was cool. And unlike um, the nun demons who clearly just have like face makeup on, he's in a full body like suit, like a demon suit. And he's got horns and everything. Yeah, he's and like the child. Yeah. 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 It's cool. I, I'm with you. I think he's, I think it looks really fucking neat. Clarissa asks if they're too late, but Christine says not if she can help it. She tells her to take her brother and get out of here. Christine then yells, all right, you motherfuckers. This time I'm taking you to hell with me. She lights a Molotov cocktail and drives right towards the dicky demon and the whole convent explodes. And it's terrible post-production explosions. Um, But it's fun. We see fiery demon faces sort of flying through the air and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 as good as basic cable syndicated sci-fi stuff. Yeah, there you go. As good as, yeah, you'd see on fucking Captain uh, Power. Yeah, yeah, it's Captain Power level quality. You're right. You're right. It is, yeah. actually. I'm like, oh, this is Captain Power. But that was like 20 years or 10 years prior. I think Captain More. Power was about... Yeah, tw- uh, 15. probably 15 plus years prior. Yeah. Talking like 87, right? Maybe yeah. 13. So the irony is Captain Power had a massive budget, and those were basically high tech at the time, and these were all done in probably computer programs that you could just buy for 100 bucks or something, you know? Yep. Commodore 64 for your home. I never had a Commodore 64. I was uh, Atari. I. I, was, I went from Atari 2600 to NES. I had this NES. weird Texas instrument thing that was a, the video game was the cassette tape. And okay. You put, and you hook the cassette, you hook the boom box into the TV from the back. Weird. Okay. Yeah. And then there, there was a keyboard that came with it and we could play Frogger on our TV. Wow. I never <laughs> heard of such a thing. fucking wild? 
Dude, man. And then here I am before recording this, fucking playing Spider-Man on the PS5, like, in a completely, perfectly rendered New York City. And I'm flying through it, and I'm just like, I, this is amazing. Like, I can't believe how far, like, we've come technologically as far as video games go. It's amazing. Yeah. Cut to the next day, and the whole building is destroyed. <laughs> Clarissa and Brent come walking out, both covered in blood. Clarissa has an unlit cigarette in her mouth. What's the reference they're doing here, buddy? Um, Heather's? That's what I was thinking. But, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, smoking's gross. I'm like, I miss smoking. <laughs> Brent looks down and sees the dog <laughs> Boozer. Hey, you made it! All three of them get into Frijoli's Jeep, and Brent gives Clarissa the keys, which... Holy crap, not a plot hole, because Frijoli gave them to him earlier on in the movie. Yeah, exactly. And she goes, do you want to go to Denny's? And he goes, no. And she goes, you sure? And he's like, yeah. That's how the scene sort of ends. Cuts it later. At Meanwhile, the I'm like, I I wouldn't mind Denny's. You like? Are you a Denny's guy? I haven't had Denny's in forever, sure. Are you an IHOP guy? Or Back in the day, were you IHOP or Denny's? Oh, Denny's. I get the very, very yummy, scrumptious strawberries pancakes whipped cream oh god sounds amazing i I miss being able to eat like that not not caring i mean you eat like that now not only does your body your your perfect specimen of a body get to get destroyed but i imagine it would rip your tum-tum apart (laughs) i had meat for the first time in uh in in years recently and it ripped something else apart I know, buddy. I know. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's amazing how stinky your toilet is when you when you eat red meat. Yeah, yeah. It's disgusting. And when you eat just vegetables and fish, and it's like you don't smell that. Doesn't smell. Doesn't smell. No, you're. You heard it. Y'all heard it here first, guys and gals. Zach's poop does not stink <laughs> at all. <laughs> Unlike nope. every other person on the planet. <laughs> Cut to later at the sorority house. Clarissa is in her bed smoking and drinking whiskey. One of the sorority mothers, I guess it's a thing. I don't know. I guess, uh, yeah. I she's... think she's like the yeah the mom of the house. Okay, okay. Yeah, okay. I guess sorority houses have those type of things. Yeah. Um, she says, that, that should help you sleep tonight. I can't imagine what you've been through. The whole sorority house is just sick about it. But on the bright side, it looks like you get a 4.0 for the semester. Clarissa <laughs> just takes drag and looks at her. The den mother says she's going to let her get some sleep and leaves the room. We see Boozer is by the bed, too. Clarissa hugs her pillow, then throws uh, the cross above her bed across the room. Boozer starts growling at her, and Clarissa looks down at him. Boozer? His eyes glow green, and he hops on the bed and tears out Clarissa's throat as she screams, Down, Boozer, down! And she scr- as the scream sort of keeps going, cut to credits i was like that's a perfect fucking ending right there perfect ending and the beginning of the longest credit sequence i've ever seen that's not a marvel movie eight minute long credits at the end so when you see the runtime on this as 79 minutes it's actually 71 minutes yeah yeah this movie's like an hour and 11 minutes proper but the runtime is yeah, it's it's wild. I because here's the thing, I paused it like right around this this scene right here, the denouement scene, and I'm like, 
well, there's eight minutes left. What else? And I watch the scene and then it cuts to credits. I'm like, okay. So I start fast forwarding through the credits thinking there's a post credit scene. Same. Nothing. Same. So guys and gals, this is, this movie is perfectly an hour and 11 minutes long. I mean, it's the length of a full moon movie. So yeah. And in many ways, it feels like a, a, a full moon, a current full moon movie. Yes. Yes. Um, so, Zach, fi- final thoughts on this one, buddy. Final thoughts is it still holds up. It's fun. It's silly. It's got, uh, if you know, again, who Liam Sullivan is and you get to see where he was, his comedic chops. The acting is, is it's they're, they're, the best actors are saved to the end. They live to the end. And um, it's silly. It's a fun romp. It's a it's a great throwback to the '90s, 2000 era of horror. There were some highlights and lowlights. This is definitely a highlight to me. So thanks, Rob, for choosing it, and uh, I hope we did it justice breaking it down for you, buddy. Yeah, man. Thank you, Rob. I, I would never would have seen this movie otherwise, you know, for you. And I'm I'm so glad that that I have. This was this was a hoot. From beginning to end, this was an absolute hoot. Uh, everything Zach just said, uh, I'll just you know reiterate. The, the the cast was fantastic. It's fun. It's not perfect, and that's okay. And I think at this point, yeah. you all expect us over here at Pad. We we don't. We're we're fine if a movie's not perfect. And if anything, it's it's the gaffes, it's the silly stuff that keep us coming back, that keep us talking about it. You know. Well, I will say that my next pick is perfect. So. <laughs> Touche, <laughs> touche. And we will all find out what that pick is on Wrap Up After Dark this month when we uh, when we record it, I guess, after this, but before you all hear this. So, you know, the magic of podcasting. We're, we're, well, we're recording this at the tail end of January, and we record Wrap Up right before the end of January. So, yeah, yeah so uh, if you're a Patreon member, you'll hear it very soon. If you're not, you should sign up because not only do we have the exclusive Carpenter Factor series that we're doing, we're halfway through that filmography of John yeah. Carpenter. We 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 don't break down the movies, but we talk about them. We it's a slightly different discussion on what we do here on our proper episodes, but it is as entertaining, as insightful, as fun as uh, you would expect to with a regular episode, but it's all John Carpenter and we're covering all his movies from the beginning to the end, all the ones that he directed with a few uh, exceptions that you'll, you can check out as well. Uh, And then after we finish with John Carpenter, we'll move on to another auteur for our auteur de force series. But this Carpenter factor is great. Everybody that's signed up for it knows how awesome it is. So you should do that. And it's not just that. It's the wrap-up after darks. Yep. It's the exclusive interviews ahead of time. It's all sorts of other fun stuff that, you know, well, everyone who's signed up knows. Just go check it out. It's uh, And it's reasonably priced, too. So, you know, keep that in mind. Yeah. And you know what? Also, go check out $2 Lafey's Patreon page because Zach and Dustin are absolutely crushing it over there. Now, you guys, uh, since last year, you've retooled a couple things, um, oh, yeah. and, and you've got some sort of new new concepts, new shows coming in the fourth season, and, and you're going to do a little uh, tr- uh, not yeah trivia, like a little trivia contest coming up and everything, right? Yeah, so we we maintain some of our regular shows. Like we have Tales from the Video Store, which is an ongoing series, which is a lot of fun. 
Uh, we're starting to get celebrities on the Tales from the Video Store as well. Like we had David Irons on there. We have Jim Walker. He's the latest one who tells some wild stories of back in the 80s going to the video store. Um, $2 Six Questions, which is our celebrity interviews, uh, like a supplement to the celebrity interview that we do. And then we have this other segment now. We had a segment called What Does Dustin Know? What it, where I would ask him trivia questions. Well, we've taken it to the next level. What do patrons know? And it's um, it's basically patrons versus Dustin in a trivia contest. And over the course of several months, we will, you know, uh, you know, depending on who defeats Dustin, Aaron Don Gilmer was on there. I plan on defeating Dustin. That's my I, goal. Dustin thinks most people will defeat him. It's kind of like win Ben Stein's money. Uh, <laughs> and so and, and so already Aaron is the current champion. Um, but well, over the course of this year, we will have uh, people on the show and then we'll do face offs and there will be a championship and there will be prizes and there will be things that you can win down the road on our show. But we have a bunch of tiers on there as well. well two or three. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a great fun show. Why does Zach own? This is another one. Um, anyways, lots of fun stuff. The Jim Walker stuff we just did. If you don't know who Jim Walker is, he's the guy who sings the theme song to three, the movie three o'clock high. It's the intro to $2 late fee. He also did the intro for tales from the video store. Uh, the guy tells crazy stories and he's had an amazing career. He's worked on tales from the crypt. Uh, one particular episode. Thanks to David Irons, we got some cool insight on that. So that's awesome. Yeah. Anyways, but, go check it out. Joe, we I know we have a lot of crossover between our uh, Patreon and, and two dollar late fees Patreon. So we appreciate everybody who supports both shows. And you know, if you if you listen to Pad but you support two dollar late fee, that's that's great. I I always say just just support one of your podcasts. I know everybody fucking out there listens to podcasts. Support one, just one of your podcasts on Patreon. And if everybody did that, I think everybody would be doing a lot better, um, you know, financially and everything or whatever. But, you know, I think I think it's important to support art and support artists and everything because Zach mentioned it earlier. We Both shows, we, pr- we produce the hell out of them. It takes a we lot do. of editing on both, both shows. We I'll put be, a lot of effort into it. I'm yeah. I'm not joking. I mean, it's not it's not just like, oh, this is all the crap that we left on the on the cutting room floor. We're going to throw it up on our Patreon. No. But again, guys and gals, support your favorite podcast. And if anything, a free way to support all of your favorite podcasts is to leave them a five is to leave them a five star review on Apple Podcasts. Word. Leave one for us. Leave one for two dollar late fee. Leave one for anybody you, you, you're listening to. Just leave them a freaking review. It's just it helps. It really, really helps, guys and gals. I can't, you know, express that enough to you all. It helps the trauma from my childhood. It does. It does. Another <laughs> another episode in the can, another trauma unveiled. Oh, Zach. <laughs> I just remember one time I was at a bar and this and this guy's like this guy was hitting on me and I go and, and my friend who was with me, he's like, uh, this is my straight friend, Zach. And the guy goes straight, straight to my bed. And I go, and I go, no, I'm good. He's like, well, honey, the night is young and I got a lot of, I got a lot of money to spend. And I'm like, okay, I'm good, man. Oh, man. That, one, that one's staying in, buddy. That one's staying in. <laughs> oh, I was, in, that was intentionally, yeah, 
drop that one for you. And as always, I'm going to take this one this time, Corey. And as always, we'll catch you on the dark side. Be sure to subscribe to Podcasting After Dark and give us a five-star rating on iTunes. Support Podcasting After Dark on Patreon. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Podcasting After Dark. And visit us next time for another installment of Podcasting After Dark with Corey Stevenson and Zach Schaefer. Imagine being one of the last people on Earth, being trapped alone with something not human, something always watching, something always waiting. What would you do? Where would you run? Where would you hide if you were haunted for seven winters alone? Podcasting After Dark presents Seven Winters Alone. A dystopian haunted house story by David Irons. Available now in paperback and ebook.